0: Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and this is our TV News edition, and it's been, it's actually just been over two weeks since the last episode, Um, which is why we're kind of making a point of doing it now, because the amount that is paling up is ballooning, and if we leave it any longer, if we leave it till the next time we normally do it in the week, it'll be far too much, so we're doing it today. Um, I have 35 tabs open. What's an average amount?
1: But half that <laughs> right okay i'm glad i made the coffee now <laughs> i don't know I, I, mean, I, don't, I
0: know what it looks like but all i see because i use deadline for the articles typically unless it's something that pops up somewhere it's just else their, their logo it's just the, the d the d from deadline across the tabs at the top just across as far as the eye can see uh but yeah we got you know show orders renewals pilots things in development all that sort of stuff uh from the past two weeks and we'll we'll dive into it. So that's what's coming up. Yeah, uh, before before we get going though, um, just uh, this past weekend, the first half of the results of the top fifty TV shows of all time did uh, go up. Uh, on Sunday there was a premiere. People were chatting along as they were watching live, but then it was obviously still up after. Uh, the second half, which is the the top twenty five of that, it'll be up this coming Sunday. So uh, look forward to that. But anyway. So without further ado, let's uh, dive into to the news. Uh, first up, headlining here before we get to the usual structure. Uh, I felt big enough that I should probably put this Harry Potter show and development at the front of the news, even though
1: I yeah, and it's nothing even remotely official yet, right? It's kind of just well, maybe. I need a headlining Harry Potter TV show and development is headlining. It's it's you're succumbing to the clickbaitness. I I get it. It. I mean it's a clickbait. I mean it's news. It is, but artificially going where win the like that it would be a headline.
0: Like I'm not linking bleeding Kill here. I'm not I'm not, I'm not taking news from some dodgy source. I'm not taking this from deadline, alright? There's at least a level of uh insider knowledge to this. Uh I mean this is not a surprise. honestly this is This is a thing where on the one hand I'm surprised it wasn't already kind of brought up ages ago. On the other mm-hmm. hand, I'm a little. I don't think Warner Bros. with HBO Max are being as bad yet at this, but it does kind of make me sort of go, uh, just in the same way that Disney keep rebooting and sequelizing and bringing things back for all their projects for Disney Plus.
1: So I get it. <laughs> it's 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 hard to be annoyed by it because it's it's one as far as we know right now it's one TV show in a universe that's you know not that huge in terms of on screen. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't feel like overload yet, but I mean brand reliance, sure. Yeah, brand reliance. It's kind
0: of it's kind of where you draw the line, I suppose. I mean, in this case, at least they're not bringing some weird thing back from thirty years ago. Uh, I mean one one would argue. I mean, you know, the main thing had eight movies. Like most people would argue, would say that's plenty for any franchise. Like eight movies is more than you ever, ever really need to ask for. And yep. you can live live with just that, but it's kind of funny. Just in the, the the dawn of the sequel franchise, which is you know Fantastic Beasts, which is in a really weird place right now because everyone kind of hated the second one. No and one technically is a prequel franchise. Prequel, whatever. You know what I mean? I mean sequel franchise in the sense that it is the, I, the I, I, step I know what you step. Yeah, they're making money off the cash cow. Um, <laughs> You know, everyone's in a weird place. They don't really know what they're doing with the third one, even though they're supposed to be, what, five or six? We're, we're kind I think of... they were planned five, yeah. yeah.
1: But
0: who knows? And, and you know, planned is kind of weird in that case because, I mean, it's it's planned in that J.K. Rowling agreed to do that many, but she, I don't know if she actually mapped them out or how many of them she's actually written or given that much series thought to. Um yeah. So, who knows? So, I mean, there's no concept yet. There's no, like, is this... A prequel is it a sequel is it you know is it harry potter the next generation
1: therefore you can't really call it harry potter because it's not harry potter but you know what i mean yeah i mean it might not be it might not have harry potter in the title uh, yes it, i think it's I, I, such a ubiquitous brand at this point that you don't need it
0: yeah I, I think you could just call it anything i think fantastic Beast was a bit of a almost a hard sell uh, on its own. Obviously, they made sure everyone knew what it was because they played the main music and they 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 constantly put from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and stuff like that in the, the trailers. I think the few things you could call it or put in the title to make it very clear, I think the word Hogwarts is well-known enough that that would yeah. sell it I, I on its think
1: name. you just hit on a phrase I was about to touch on there, is, you know, Wizarding World. I think that's probably enough for a lot of people to think of Harry Potter. Yeah. Um but yeah I mean I'm not Harry Potter yeah I don't really care but any of this (laughs) I'm not like massively excited for this obviously yet there's no details there's nothing to really be excited about I do think yeah we've we've had movies I think a TV show could be perfectly good right you know there's no reason why not it's a pretty expansive universe for them to play with there's all sorts of things this could be there's no even point in speculating what it will be but there are plenty of things this could be and that's fine um yeah, I'm, I'm, I've i not really got a problem with them having, you know, a, a TV show. And like I say, it because it never really went away, there was only a, a handful of years between the last movie and then Fantastic Beasts. It just feels like a concurrently running, you know, franchise. It doesn't feel like it's stopped and then they're bringing it back. This just feels like, oh, it's the next bit.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, I think the only reason why it, it worked this way with this one is because pop culture and Hollywood had already gotten to a point by the time Harry Potter finished where... We We we, need more. They're not going to sit in this to wait to bring it back. The the period now. Now if something's a hit in the level that Harry Potter was, we don't wait anymore. We just Okay, you'll get a couple of years while we make the next movie, but that's it. Uh, It's back. It's back as something
1: else. Uh silly rebranded. That's a separate complaint, though, I think in this case, because it's because it hit in that point where it just continued running, it it doesn't feel like they're just, you know, reviving, and yeah, you know, it's just for the sake of it. It's like, oh, of course, there's more Harry Potter. Uh, why wouldn't there be? Yes, I mean, I would argue not everything.
0: I would argue that most things should not just continue in perpetuity. But hey, uh, I, I agree. We're we're here. There's gonna be more Harry Potter. I'm I'm not going to watch it. Uh, I'll make that very clear right now because I, I just do not give a shit. You're not. You're gonna watch the first episode and see how much you hate it. I mean, if I'm feeling adventurous, maybe we'll do the pilot. But I.
1: I I I sent a, a Patreon pilot vote. Uh, uh,
0: I I it's just it's not my it's not my. I don't, I don't hate Harry Potter. It's not like there's enough elements of things that I do like kind of mixed in with it that it's not like a, a torturous experience. Um, the thought of like actually watching all eight movies again is like oh god no please I'm fine.
1: What's without you're you're open to some elements of it? There's probably a TV show concept out there that you could enjoy? Like, uh, I mean, it depends on what they do, for sure, but there's, I, there's, there's probably something out there that you'd enjoy. I think the principle
0: for me here is that to not fall into the trap of Star Wars, I would say that this... Because the, for Beast is kind of separate, but there's still a lot of things to connect it in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of references to Dumbledore. I Dumbledore's even in the second movie, right? I didn't see the he second is, one. Yes. but yeah. But, you know, there's, there's references to something, there's some sort of, like, core thing that they're trying to, like, connect it to with characters from Harry Potter, you know, the younger selves and blah, blah, blah. Um, This really should just be something so far removed that we're not talking... I mean, maybe Hogwarts exists, but they this, this should not be talking about Dumbledore. They should not be...
1: I think the, the best you could do is, I mean, if you're doing a next generation style um, mm-hmm. thing, you could have some of the ex characters, you know, like the ex students be maybe, oh, yeah, one of them's a teacher now. Sure. Um, you can have things like, well, Harry's still a famous celebrity and in, not that there's appearances, you know, I'm not saying that. I mean, maybe there's like the, the odd, you know, as a, like in-universe, he's like a guest speaker or, you know, or something. That's possible, but... Not like oh, he's not going to be there all the time. There's not going to be all this constantly tying in. I don't I, think, I don't think but, uh, da- it shouldn't be anyway. I don't think Danny Radman would want to be there anyway to to appear constantly. I, I I I've seen the films he does. I think he'll take the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean that that's that's still progression at least. Uh, whereas now things are obsessed with not progressing. Uh, just like a Star Trek, how like everything has to be. Uh, a prequel or set around the original
1: series and no, I get it. I, so on, I honestly so think the slightly in the future uh, is more likely in this instance because if one year you had that epilogue at the end of the, the film and the book that did, you know, jump ahead like 17 years or whatever it was. That, you know, was a snapshot of okay, you've got the kids there. You You could literally just do a series following Harry's kids if you really wanted and it would make sense and also I think, you know, it's it's been enough time that you can you can have some of those actors come back and they're yeah, you know, more or less, you know, they'll line up kind of where you want them to, with a you know, fudging a little bit, but close enough that I think that's probably more appealing to them than doing something set, you know, around the exact time. Mm.
0: Plus they'll have at the schools so you, you can kinda of get away with not having the parents be there at all if you really need to, if not one yeah. or two special appearances at the beginning and end if you have to exactly. do it. Uh, But there you go. Okay, so there's a Harry Potter thing. TV show probably happen, And even if this one falls through,
1: another one will probably happen at some point. I, I, well, like you say, it, it. this is has an air of inevitability to it, doesn't That's it? Like, it. You know, how have they not done it already? That's it. There's enough of a stink around
0: J.K. Rowling right now for other reasons that uh, maybe there'll be even... Persuaded or inclined to wait a little bit than they maybe, maybe otherwise would have. No, they just will have absolutely no involvement from her with it. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's fair, but I mean, some people just don't want to support the because the, she still earns mm-hmm. royalties no matter what you know oh, how involved yeah. she is in it. So some people just don't want to support her in any way, shape, or form right now. So, um,
1: oh, I absolutely get that. Uh, it's just how how much does that uh, you know of that you know outcome do do Warner Bros think that will affect their their bottom line. It's funny.
0: It, it's funnier with the video game, though, because the video game's been developing for like six or seven years. So, uh, like, there's no no, yeah. no stopping the train at this point on that, and like all these people working on it for for years uh, are faced with this kind of weird controversy that's sprung up around it, which is not directly related to Harry Potter itself, but uh, it's just she turned out to be a really shitty person. Uh, yeah. So everyone's feeling weird about it because they don't want to support her anymore. So, uh, and I say everyone. I'm, I'm, you know. Generally Reasonable speaking. people. Yes. Uh, so, I'm, I'm sure there's enough people who don't even know what's going on. I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of kids and plenty of parents of kids who have no idea that any controversy exists, and it'll still make enough money that Warner Brothers won't be hurt by it too much, but...
1: Yeah, we are very much in the, you know, in, in that circle of, of knowing these things, and I think it is important to remember that, you know, that's so, even, you know, Twitter and social media in general, it's, it's a pretty small social circle at the end of the day. It just seems big because it's global, but... The actual percentage, you know, it isn't that huge. Alright, a little bit about other things then. Uh CW have
0: renewed a bunch of shows. Uh Actually, I think it was like fourteen or for something. For next like that. for next season. Uh so here's the list that they have renewed as of right now. They have renewed Walker, which is the Walker Texas Ranger reboot with uh uh Jared's from, from Supernatural.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yes. Uh you got that. You got All American, which is the American football show that they have. A couple of years, Batwoman got renewed for season three. Charm got renewed. Legends of Tomorrow got renewed for, for was that, that must be season six that's been renewed for then. uh Seven, I think. Seven? Oh yeah, was it six? That it was just, it was just coming I think on. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's seven again. There's that's one th- behind the Flash, isn't it? I, I, I think it's is it not two behind. No, no. I maybe two behind the Flash, but then Flash is probably at season eight though. So. I don't know. You can. Yeah. I've lost track. We stopped watching them, so it's, I've lost track. Uh, Dynasty got renewed. The Flash got renewed for, I presume, Season 8. Uh, in the Dark getting renewed. I don't even know what that is. Legacies got renewed. Nancy Drew got renewed. Riverdale got renewed. Roswell, New Mexico uh, wraps up that list of all the shows that got renewed. Uh, and if you're thinking to yourself, oh, does, does that mean Superman and Lois is in trouble? No, it's that and... Uh, I mean Walker got renewed Superman and Lois and Stargirl, which is the they're, they're still calling a summer series. Uh didn't get a renewal, but Superman and Lois did get two additional episodes. So they're getting fifteen episodes for this season instead of thirteen like planned. Uh, Walker also got additional five episodes. Uh hmm. taking that to eighteen. Everything had a shorter order this year, obviously, because of uh the, the pandemic. Condensed t- condensed time frame as well yeah. to air them all in. Um so uh so Superman and Lois and Stargirl, it's just because they've not even debuted yet, that's why they've not been renewed yet. So it's perfectly reasonable the article even mentions that further down is that the shows that have not even debuted yet they're just not going to announce anything yet it's fine uh nothing to worry about um if you if you were concerned that is but yeah yeah. so what what season
1: will be on it it is season seven and eight for flash okay yeah By by the way just uh you know you mentioned riverdale there and it reminded me have you seen what the hell is going on in that show i haven't no um they're doing a seven year time jump for this season that has just started or is about to start um it hey, explains why all the actors don't look, you know, high school or early college right. age anymore. Um there was like a uh, like a one minute trailer that came on my Twitter feed right after I was talking about this with someone. So, so I watched it. And um they've made uh, Betty into Clarice from like you <laughs> know. From the Labs? Yeah, yeah. They literally have her, you know, FBI training. She's doing the running through the woods thing. Like the whole like it's literally like they've just gone and went, No, no, no she's Clarice now, it's fine. Who are the others then? I don't know, I can't remember. Like I said, it was a one-minute trailer, I love the but idea, I just watched that. I love and it that it was the idea like...
0: they've all morphed into famous movie characters, and the, but they all still coexist and talk to each
1: other. <laughs> but she's hunting Hannibal Lecter over there whilst... yeah. I, like, I don't know exactly what they're doing, because it was, like I say, it was a one-minute trailer, but it was like so clearly like, blatant. It's like, oh, oh, she's Clarice, okay. Whoa. Um, Which is weird, given that there's a Clarice show starting like this week, I think. I mean, who's Archie, Jack Bauer? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have no idea so let's go can you believe Legends uh, I mean admittedly I think Supergirl didn't last as long as Legends just because Melissa Benoist got pregnant and married and now wants to go be a family or raise a family is what I'm trying to say Um, and whatever but but I did not expect Legends of Tomorrow to outlast some of the shows that it did outlast I mean less episodes I think still that doesn't really mean anything well no it doesn't but, mean, I mean it and in the context of renewals and cancellations does not mean anything I, it, it doesn't no um, like I, I don't know I could I could have seen it like technically outlasting say Black Lightning in terms of season number but it started so much earlier that uh, I could have still seen Legends ending first I still expected to end first before Black Lightning finished but still maybe have more overall seasons uh, Legends surviving when several of the other shows have, have gone now uh, it might even end up with more seasons than Flash by the time, or uh, Arrow. I mean to say, by the time it's done, it's, it's actually really funny <laughs> to me.
1: If if Legends gets more seasons than Arrow, then we know there is some justice in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so Legends tomorrow got renewed. Uh, Superman and Lois got two additional episodes, put it up to fifteen. Uh, so cool
1: perfectly reasonable although uh, by the way I was, uh, there was a new trailer for that it shot like uh, I some sort of cinema uh, format I didn't see where exactly where it was because it was a terrible cropping on twitter
0: but it was what yeah it was wider than but i mean the batwoman's already been wider than 16 by 9 anyway so cw's already been experimenting with allowing mm. different ratios uh the new trailer is really funny because it still has all the same sort of dialogue and the curly haired son is clearly going to be the the lex Luthor of the new generation because he's a little yeah. shit by the sounds of it uh what's funny is that it starts off with better music because there's a little bit of the john williams theme and the piano but then it goes into a, like a a rock song or something and it just it felt out of place and i'm like this is what no this is what
1: are you doing uh i'm still concerned about the color palette though it still looks a bit too the, dull the, and and i'm still feeling that they're they're taking some of that um snyder style cinematography yes like, i think there was a shot of him like floating in space uh and then there was a shot of him you know charging up the heat vision uh, and th- I, I was like oh, okay there's a there's a, yeah, but the curly hair sounds like, Oh, you lied to us and he's been really uh, annoying
0: about it. And I'm like, Look, the pity Really? You d you never, you never figured this out? Like honestly, I'm judging you two for this, right?
1: This how is... how much of the review of the first episode is just gonna be us going, These kids are stupid as shit? <laughs>
0: but it seems like the curly haired one's the one who's going to ultimately be the villain and the other one's going to be ultimately the new super boy or superman or whatever and
1: that's no that's what we'll think for the first season and oh, then no flip. they'll swerve us
0: mm. i mean they might do that but based on the trailer the curly haired one looks like the the troublemaker uh but anyway so that's the cw renewing a bunch of shit so good stuff uh on the opposite end of the spectrum uh they announced on sci-fi that season four of bon- bonona erp is going to be the last season uh and it's actually been on break in the middle of that season. It's coming back with its last six episodes starting on March fifth. Um, it's a little unclear. Uh, I mean, the, the showrunner sort of put out a, a happy enough statement about you know we're proud of these last six episodes. Um, it's it's unclear as far as I can tell if they knew this was going to be the last six episodes or if I think it's weird because of the pandemic. You know, when did they find out? Was they were they already I would written?
1: Say, um. Because if you remember, there was a lot of drama with this between seasons. Yes. Um, I would say maybe they didn't know that this was going to be the last season. Maybe they weren't told explicitly. But they felt but lucky. given everything that went yeah. down, they thought we should probably play it safe. I would hope so anyway. I-, I would in that scenario.
0: Yeah, they probably felt lucky to get that fourth season because of all the all the, the trouble behind the scenes with the, the different uh, companies and wanting to make it and, and so on. Um, it was all financial stuff. It was all about who wants to pay for
1: actually it making was, the show. But it was it was messy. Um that's why it's been so long to get this last season.
0: BFO's not a terrible run. Um I, I did enjoy season one when we
1: watched it. It's the sort of thing that I'll probably happily binge at some point when it's all yeah. done and available I liked somewhere. It well enough. I know I know it's got a very, very uh rapid fan base that are trying to, you know, petitions and, you know, see see if they can get anywhere else to pick it up for any more. Um I don't know if anything will come from it in this case. Yeah, what one of the later paragraphs uh, reminded me there was a character on the show
0: called Officer Hot and, uh, oh yeah it, it, that. it gave me a chuckle uh, reminding myself of that uh, next up we got a trailer uh, for the Mighty Ducks Game Changers uh, the Mighty Ducks revival show for Disney Plus uh, which is premiering on March 26th so this is a 10 episode show uh, Lauren Graham's in there, and Emilio Estevez is the the one confirmed returning character from the movies, which has always struck me as odd because it, it felt so obvious that you have Joshua Jackson come back as Charlie, who was like the sort of the main kid from the first movie, and he wasn't as the central focus in the second two. So he was kind of you know a bit more just ensemble, but you bring him back. He's obviously the biggest kid in terms of a name. I mean, arguably. Uh, Keenan Keenan and Kel, you know, he he's quite big as, mm. as well I suppose but yeah. uh, but Joshua Jackson you bring Joshua Jackson back and you have him be the new coach that's how you do the next generation of Mighty Ducks uh, what this show is doing however and we can read this from the, the the premise but just actually seeing the trailer now is that it's about forming a team because the Mighty Ducks team are now like you know a proper team and they're kind of the villains and and this is very Cobra Kai. Because I was, was going to say, yeah, yeah. Everything I know about Cobra Kai is, oh yeah. no, the good guy's now the villain and it's now following... I mean, it's, admittedly, this is not following the Iceland team from the original to are training to get revenge on the Mighty Ducks, but uh, it's about this kid they reject and Emilio Estevez decides to help form a new team with this kid and a bunch of misfits and they're going to try and train and presumably beat the Mighty Ducks by the end of the season. That's um, usually
1: how these stories go, yeah. Uh...
0: It's weird. It's a it's a weird like the trailer's not bad. I like the trailer and the, the the feel of the trailer is kind of what I expect a new show set in the Mighty Ducks universe to feel like. But a bit sentimental.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I, I mean I had to have like very little to no attachment to Mighty Ducks. I've seen them, but I, you know they're not. Most sports movies in general are not really my thing. Even even the the, the good popular ones. I don't really care for them. Um, So yeah, you know, but this looks like exactly what I would expect it to be, and it looks perfectly fine if if you're into that.
0: Mighty Ducks has a shockingly good score across the three movies. It's, I'll give it, you that. Yeah. It's shockingly like, for for a kids' sports movie and then sequels. It has a shockingly good bombastic fanfare score, and it would be criminal if they did not use that in this show. And I would I'll understand. And I'd understand if they hold it back until the final game of the season, where they kind of start to, win and then you sort of, and he sort of build up to it, and just you know hold it back for that last episode. I I'll, I would appreciate, I would I would respect that. I would respect that choice to make me wait for it. But
1: then, but you have to give me that at some point in that show. Um, I think it's it's likely they'll blow the load and use it in the first episode, but I think they should probably save it for the last episode of the season. I mean, I'd be completely fine if it was like. I mean, I think the the main
0: heroic, you know, fanfare bit should probably wait till the last episode. But I do yeah. think other parts of it should be, sure. you, know, you know, sprinkled throughout. But I'd I'd accept them not doing anything with it until the last episode, just for the 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 shock and the surprise and the the nostalgia injection mm-hmm. right into the veins with a big needle. Imagine the needle, Connor. Imagine. I oh, will do no
1: such thing. Imagine
0: the needle in your veins.
1: It's fine. I'm tired enough. I could just tune you out. Oh, it slipped. It slipped. You're bleeding.
0: You're bleeding all it over not the place. It's not part it's fine. <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah, obviously this not the sort of thing we cover. It's, it's going to be like a... I mean, Disney Plus as well has also proven that the the the, 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 sh- the run times are going to be fairly short. I don't imagine a 25-minute episode of uh, building up a team of kids ice hockey is going to make for riveting discussion <laughs> on the channel. No. But... Hey, uh, it exists uh I will probably check at least the air first episode out myself not to review just out of curiosity because I care
1: a little bit about Mickey Ducks. but there's a weird thing here where thanks to the Marvel shows and and you know such you've kind of been locked into Disney Plus all of a sudden I mean it's really the Marvel shows I, I wouldn't have got Disney Plus to try this well no but like now that you you know they're there there and are going to be for the foreseeable future it's worth mentioning
0: I have watched nothing in Disney Plus but One Division. I have not touched a single thing in that service outside of it since since I got this it for that. Boring. There's nothing else on there I want. I've let, I've browsed through everything and I've sort of chuckled at some of the random shows that I, that I remember from Disney Channel or the random crappy Disney Channel original movies that I saw when I was a kid. Like oh there's that 30th first century girl one or the, the the skating one Brink I think it's called. I was like oh, I remember that. I have no idea what that is. Uh, but other than that, I, mean, I just, there's this, this is So it's all, it's all a uh, pit of nothing. You get the Marvel section, which I've already seen all of, barring the new thing, obviously. Uh, and that's, mm-hmm. that's the bit, Star Wars, I might even touch it, I don't give a shit, but Star Wars section. Um, luckily, International Disney Plus is about to get a little bit better uh, later in February, where they may actually justify its existence beyond just
1: this new original content. So. Yeah, there's quite a lot of I mean, you know, for for our stuff, interesting looking content actually getting on there, uh, which yeah, it's know
0: nice. Yeah. So, hey, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, so that's uh, the Mated Ducks game changers. Uh, there's an old trailer, but it's attached to another uh, news story, so I'll come up a little bit better. Uh, better later. Uh, next up, uh, Netflix set a premiere date for Shadow and Bone. Uh, this is the new series they're doing based on the, the was it the grisha verse
1: novels i'm sure we talked about this at some point i'm sure we did but i, I mean i'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is one of the young adult ones it definitely sounds like one uh it's coming it's
0: premiering on april 23rd uh but it's netflix so it will be out in one day yeah i'd i wonder how long it is until they cave and start doing stuff weekly i don't
1: i don't think they can i think it's too late
0: oh, i think they can i encourage it even but I I think they totally get. I I I think they're looking at the the water cooler effect, and I hate I hate the phrase water cooler. I hate it. Right? I just like Whitley TV because we can talk about it. Right? I would have to give it a phrase. <laughs> the water cooler, but like it's uh, true. You know, you, you, people talking about one division every week and reacting to it all over Twitter, and uh, people reacting to Mandalorian every week, and uh, same thing happened with Expanse on Amazon this past season, like. People talk about the shows every week. Uh, The best example is if you go to Reset Era and there was a thread for Season 5 of The Expanse and there was one last year for Season 4 of The Expanse. The Season 5 thread was like three times the size of the Season 4 thread because with Season 4, people just stopped, you know, everyone burned out of talking about it after a couple days and then that was it. Uh, Season
1: five's thread, every week, there was a new injection and it sort of drummed up conversation again. We've been over this a million times. I'm clearly on the side of weekly TV is better, and I would like that from Netflix, but when I say it's too late for them, I think they're too in, in, into their brand being, you know, the Netflix-style release. It's it's too ingrained into what they are now that I, I think they, they're stuck with it.
0: I think they cave at some point. Okay, we'll see. Once everyone else is doing it, I think they cave at some point, because they're going to get sick of one of their you know their shows being not talked about after a week because there's going to be so much stuff every week from everywhere else that like that, that, that window of people talking about a good Netflix show when it's dropped is going to get shorter because within a week there'll be other stuff released elsewhere that'll take the, the limelight
1: You'll have it, a Marvel or a Star Wars show almost guaranteed yeah
0: so the only way to keep it in the conversation will be to do weekly and uh, I mean they'll, they'll just jump completely they'll, they'll, they'll try it with one thing
1: Mm. Then maybe another, and then if they like the results, how how bizarre is it that in a in roughly a year's time, we're probably going to have a Marvel show and a Star Wars show every week? Like that's they they're, they're, they're going to be at that point within about a year that where they'll have an episode of each, and not the same service, but Star Trek as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, I forgot about that. They're, although they're, they're they're a little bit further behind on being ready for weekly i think um but m- m- yeah it won't be that much further i mean
0: to be fair they, they had a run there for a
1: while picard
0: almost more or less went into lower decks which almost more or less went into discovery season three so yeah, this is the first time they've been on a break now in over half a year so i mean they did yeah. a good long, long stretch there so it's, it's, you know, no, no, they're, they're getting there uh we're, we're 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 finding our way there uh so yeah shadow and bone uh yeah, so a war-torn world where a lowly soldier orphan named Alina Starkov has just unleashed an extraordinary power that could be the key to ah. setting her country free. There's a more of a description. I'm going to stop there. I,
1: I I vaguely remember this one when you said the name. This is the mm-hmm. the Russian-themed fantasy mm-hmm. one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: okay. Uh, probably not for me, but uh, that's when it's coming out. That's April 23rd. Just to reiterate that. Uh, next up, Tim Drake's been cast in season three of Titans. Um, Jay. Uh, LeCurgo, or Le Curgo, Um I mean, I don't really know anything about this this actor. I mean, the actor, whatever, fine. <laughs> uh, the, more, the more interesting part here is that they're loading up with characters and Titans, and uh, from everything I've heard about season two is that they were struggling to manage the cast they had, and we're getting at least Barbara Gordon and Tim Drake added in season three, so...
1: Uh, yeah, there are a lot of hardcore fans of the show disappointed by this announcement because, they like say, season two, it lost the focus of the you know, the, the main four characters mm. in the first season. And, they, they, you know, a lot of them didn't enjoy that. They were hoping it would kind of pare back to focus on them more this season, and it, it looks unlikely.
0: Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I think they'll do Red Hood, Jason Todd stuff next season. I, I, Probably. I, I, I think kind of that, a that sounds familiar, now. yeah. It was after, after Brain then him at the very least he's getting his head bashed in <laughs> <laughs> i would assume <laughs> i mean it's a reasonable assumption uh if uh, not outright being uh shifted to to red hood status but um so that's that uh next up uh chiotel has been cast in the man who fell to earth that paramount plus are doing uh you, you know this was obviously a book and it was a a movie starring david bowie once upon a time uh, so Paramount Plus are doing a new version of it. Uh, unfortunately, Alex Kurtzman's uh, the co-writer on it, so it's probably going to be meh, mediocre at best. Uh, is a good actor, though. Um, he is. Yeah. I can definitely see him do you know playing an alien quite well. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is the thing. So that's a uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, the name change hasn't quite officially happened yet, but obviously everything that's been announced for things now is all Paramount Plus.
1: I have every time you say, it, I have a second of going Paramount Plus, which one's that, and my brain has to like catch up because it's mm. not quite stuck yet, but it'll get there.
0: Uh, here's something you care about: uh, the Sandman from Netflix announced a bunch of cast members. Uh, I do care about this. This uh past couple of weeks, so yes, Tom Sturridge, Gwendolyn Christie, Vivian, uh. Akampong, probably between that, Boyd Halbrook, Charles Dance, oh, I like Charles Dance, uh, Asim <laughs> Chandra, or Chaudhry, uh, Shaviv Bhaskar. Um also, I'm seeing... Oh, no, I'm not seeing. I, th- I thought I saw a photo of Lance Henriksen attached to this and I was going to be like, what a score, what I get. Uh, I think it was just a photo of Charles Dance, looks very Lance Henriksen <laughs> in this black and white still of pit of him. Fair but, enough. Uh, but yes... So there you go. That's your cast for for Sandman.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not familiar with uh, the the lead. Um, forgetting his name already. Uh, Dream you're
0: thinking of? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Tom Sturridge.
1: Yeah, not super familiar with him. Uh, obviously, Gwendolyn Christie uh, is playing Lucifer, so that should be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, well, that's maybe some inspired casting. Well, I think that the notable exception of who they didn't uh, give us casting announcements for, because this is. You know, assuming they're adapting roughly the early stories, which, based off some of the other characters that they've shown us here, they are. Um, there's no casting for death yet, um, so don't know who that's going to be. I wonder if there's, if there's a reason they've saved that for a separate announcement. Um, could be someone maybe a bit more notable. Mm. Uh, but hey,
0: there you go. Just I don't have a lot to add on this. Um, I'm, I'm interested uh, to check the show out, but I'm, I don't have a lot to add on the speculation at this point.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. I know there's a couple of characters in there that they've uh, swapped the gender for. Um, I think uh, Vivian is playing. Uh, I can't remember what they've called now. It was Lucian in the in the in the comic. I think uh, whatever they have changed the name to slightly. Uh, it's like, all right, cool. Um, so obviously, the internet was up in arms about that. Oh, of course. Uh,
0: so next up, Frasier might be finally be getting that sequel series that Kelsey Grammer's been wanting to do for. <laughs> When did Fraser end? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say about you know, 2000, you know, 2003, 2004. Yeah, so about 16, 17 years he's been gutting for this. Uh, so yeah, but this is again Paramount Plus. Uh, they're hmm. close to a 10 episode order for a for a follow up. Uh, they mentioned that they they apparently David Hyde Pierce, who plays Niles, is apparently been approached about returning as well. So there could be a return of Niles. Which here's the thing: if you get Niles. You have to get Daphne at this point. Like yeah. you have to, and if they do the thing where they can get him but they can't get her, so they just write in, "Wow, well, they split up at some point." I'd be, well, I'd be livid. No, you give them a happy ending. Don't ruin it because you have to make a new series.
1: But but, but you're forgetting something, Pete. Yes, money. New, <sighs> new show means money.
0: New show does mean money. Uh, but it it would be setting off the whole thing in a very wrong wrong foot, especially since uh, the the premise of the the possible Fraser like sequel was always going to be that he's just moved to a new city again and he's going to have a new supporting cast and it's this. Even mm. though a lot of the reasons, I mean, Fraser Crane was like a great character. Don't get me wrong, but obviously that supporting cast is a lot of what made Fraser Fraser. Like you know that you know Niles, Daphne, Roz, Martin. Tr- true for pretty much any successful show, especially uh, a yeah. sitcom though. And don't get me wrong while that means that this new one has a lot to do because it has to essentially work on its own merits even though one of the characters is there um at least it would be a fresh start And but okay well we can judge it as its own thing just it happens to have mm. frazier in it as opposed to oh they've brought someone and obviously you know martin can't come back the actors passed away of course but um but that's i mean that, that that's fine because you could just have in the show he passed away of old age anyway that's that's fine especially since Nails and Fraser are little exactly young spring chickens anymore themselves. No, it's it's not like they can
1: pretend this picks up right after. Yeah,
0: so that's that's fine. Uh, but having to split up Nails and Daphne, have to go. To, I mean, admittedly, I don't know what Jane uh, leaves. I think her name is. Uh, I, I don't know if she would be that against coming back anyway. Presumably, uh, but I, I mean, I will say I'm a bit skeptical of this because it kind of feels like Kelsey Grammer is gunning for this just because. This is one big success is the the character of Fraser Crane, and he, he co- wants a nice steady paycheck. He wants the uh, what's that steady paycheck again. Uh, interesting getting a ten episode order, given that it was a, you know it was a network sitcom that ran for 25, 26 episodes a lot of the seasons. Uh, yeah,
1: I think this is just uh, the nature of the day when it comes to streaming services ordering anything sitcoms included. Yeah, so yeah, be be interesting to see
0: if they do get nails back. And this does happen. What they do, uh, I think you have to get Daphne. I think, I mean, I'd love to see Roz back too, but I think Roz you can leave aside because she's so separate. But nails, and D- if you get nails, you have to have Daphne, and vice versa. I think
1: so. The, we'll the only way that you can do it is if if she also died, and and that's part of the show is. Oh, okay, you know, oh, yeah, that would so- work.
0: If if she, if she died, you know, she got cancer or something and died. At,
1: but, yeah, you know. I think like you say, if Oh, if they split up, that would be you know a bit of a kick in the teeth but i think if if she passed away that that would be a bit more yeah palatable, i guess it's, yeah especially because i mean obviously the actors are all older now
0: you know she, she could have died i mean still young for death but like she could have died at 60 so they still had like 25 happy years together before you know yeah yeah that that we could pick up right after she dies so that could be like the start of and their kids would be like teenagers at least now maybe even old, maybe even in their 20s by now did yeah, they have yeah. kids by the end i can't remember I can't remember it's oh years I can't remember if they if had I would say I say she might even give birth in the finale that might have been a thing in the finale uh, so what did I say 17 years <laughs> <laughs> give or take yeah uh, so I mean yeah we could have some cookie maybe, maybe we could have uh, uh, if they have a couple of kids let's say one's really like Fraser and Niles but the other one's really like Daphne so you have the clash of
1: yeah. character but, styles there are definitely ways you can play it yeah
0: I don't know there's, there's potential um so we'll see and if it's and it is so far removed that if it is terrible and if it does kind of silly whatever happier ending we got back in the day it's probably gonna be quite easy to sort of just ignore it as this weird extra thing that they did much later that we can just ah, it's not canon we'll just ignore it sure. <laughs> right. yeah but uh i mean if it happens i hope it's good um Part of me thinks you should not hold your breath for though. I Part of me thinks you should leave well enough alone, but I, I do think the potential's there if, if the if the writing's there to make it work. Then I it think is. that's
1: the wrong. Like conceptually, there's nothing wrong with it. It's it, we're only annoyed potentially by it in in the same way that you know we were talking about earlier. Yeah, maybe you can just let things end. I think sitcoms
0: are a weird thing where they're different to everything else we talk about because for the most part, sitcoms are a family in a house or they're just a set of characters who meet at a bar to to go to Cheers. And fu- the funny thing is, if you come back 15 years later and these characters who you sort of saw as a family because they all liked each other and they are all friends or literally family, of course they're still together and you're not really betraying anything by saying they're still together and they're still interacting with each other. It doesn't, it doesn't feel forced to still have them be a functioning unit. Uh, and as long as it's still funny and they still feel like the characters they were, then there's not really any harm in it. Whereas when we have to force, you know, characters in a, a more sci-fi adventure show where the story wrapped up and the, the threat was defeated it's like oh the villains now get a son we never knew about and he's evil too and then we have to go fight him uh you know we yeah. do have to do that uh yeah. with, with a sitcom um some i mean some sitcoms do it i mean the office had that problem where by the time you got to about season seven it's like okay why are some of these characters still working at this place i mean jim and pam should
1: have you know left years ago at this point but yeah there's stagnation i think that's that's a bigger problem with workplace comedies though rather than like yeah, family unit ones yeah the family ones can kind of just last as long as the writing is there to
0: keep it working basically uh uh there's there's no there's nothing where you're sitting going ah they shouldn't still be here The 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 only thing is if the kids are an age where they should be going off to college maybe you have to you know work around that a little bit if you don't want to lose the, the, the character uh but you know enough enough kids just go to college at home that isn't really you know it's fine or they're, they're going to a college that's nearby whatever it's they can it's local, home. yeah
1: yeah it's it's there are solutions to all those problems yeah uh
0: all right moving on uh so this is where the next trailer comes in but we also with the announcement of the new showrunner for the nivers the hbo show which was originally joss whedon um uh, philippa Goslett, who has worked on uh films mary magdalene and how to talk to girl at parties has taken over showrunning duties uh, and we also got the first teaser trailer uh, for this, and did announce that it was coming in April, and uh, the end of the trailer. Yeah, mm. uh, given when he, unless they, he'd kind of stopped working on it a long time before the announcement. I have to imagine that the first season is still largely his scripts and stuff like that.
1: That uh, yeah, my assumption is again, unless they kept it under wraps for a while, which is possible. Um this is still going to be almost entirely his work, or at least a showrunner, if not, you know, his actual scripts. I don't know how yeah, much he's g- involved. Yeah, given that
0: we got tr- this trailer that's just debuting in April, I have to imagine that by the time they announced, or by the time he made that choice, he'd probably at least directed the pilot, if not maybe even more. I mean, we'll find out soon. I mean, it'll be pretty clear once we start getting credits and yeah. stuff, but uh, I-, I feel that like this first season will still mostly be his, which is funny because the trailer, I don't think, there's nothing... I mean, the general idea of, like, strong female characters, obviously, is kind of whedon but there's nothing in it's the trailer very... that feels whedon
1: Well, that's because there's very little dialogue. That's true. It's a couple of one-liners, but there's none of that, that wit that's there. Um... It's a very bland trailer. And honestly, if I didn't have, uh, you know, a preconception of what this show was, knowing for years that, oh, this was that Joss Whedon idea, and, you know, it was the... Mm-hmm the the, the Victorian-era superheroes it's X,
0: thing. It, it's X-Men. It's Victorian X-Men.
1: It is, yeah. If I didn't <laughs> know that going in and had some level of excitement for years of this bubbling away, I would have had absolutely zero interest after watching this trailer. It does nothing for
0: me. Eh, it's not a great trailer. It's, it's just kind of whatever. But
1: uh, many a good TV shows had a mediocre no, trailer. It's true. I'm, I'm hoping the show's still good. But like I say, yeah, this was a bland trailer. It's because it's just
0: one-liners and action kicks and punches, and that's basically it. it, it, it yeah. all, all it really tells you is, oh, there was an event that gave a bunch of women some superpowers, and society kind of hates them now. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you've 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 created a new kind of X-Men style show overnight, and that's what this is what it's going to be. The Victorian yeah. setting is definitely weird, and it de- it's definitely the thing that makes it need the HBO budget because I feel like if you just set this in present day,
1: you could do this on a network. <laughs> What do you mean could on a network? <laughs> we, they they have done it on a network.
0: <laughs> I I mean this show specifically. I I know that other shows. I'm not yeah. say, I'm not saying that no one's ever done anything like this on a network. Okay, I'm saying this show specifically could have just been done on a network's budget if it wasn't set yeah. in Victorian. Victorian is what makes it need all the money, and it does. It, you know, it doesn't look cheap. It looks like yeah, they've, they've put money into sets and costumes and whatnot. I think-
1: that's one of the weird things about this trailer, though, is beyond just the the visual, there was nothing that 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 told me they were playing with this the you know the the period at yeah. all. Yeah, what little dialogue we
0: get actually sounds very normal, and not just in that it's not weed and witty, not like normal in the sense. It's also not really of the the era sounding. It sounds just kind of normal action TV show dialogue, which is which, kind of weird.
1: It's a it's a choice because I get why they want to do that. That you know they they want it to be accessible for people. They don't want to put people off by it sounding awkward or off mm-hmm. to people but also kind of what's the point in saying it in your time period if you're just going to treat it like it's present day
0: that's it it's a minute and a half trailer for a show that's going to be 10 episodes and uh yeah. it's almost pointless sitting I, I think critiquing all this right of, now
1: we're only really judging it as harshly as we are because it's the first trailer and it's a pretty poor showing on that uh you know I mean, yeah you, know, you, you want you want a stronger first impression, really. To compare
0: it to something else, the first trailer for the Avengers movie was really bad. It was just an Indian Snails song playing over some explosions, and it looked really generic. Mm-hmm. And you know, the movie was a hit. <laughs> like everyone uh, loved it. Uh, yeah, I'm not no disputing that. <laughs> yeah. and,
1: and you know, we, we said, yeah, you know, well, yeah. But good good shows have bad trailers all the time.
0: Yeah, so that's covered. It. Obviously, we're going to check it out. Uh, the yeah, this is, this is uh, I mean, it's an interesting one, if nothing else. Uh, so this next thing uh, is not something you typically you don't care about, but oh, okay, it's kind, of, it's kind of a big deal in a really weird way. So WWE, of course, have the WWE Network, their own streaming service, which they came up with in 2015, I think. $10 a month. That's how you get the pay-per-views now, all the back catalogs there, blah, 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 blah. They announced uh, about a week and a half ago that... The standalone version of it in the U.S., not worldwide, but in the U.S., is shutting down, effectively. And it's now exclusively going to be on Peacock. It's going to be a hub within Peacock now, which is uh, all honestly, kinds
1: I, of fascinating. I, I did see this, and, I, and despite not giving a shit about wrestling, I do actually think the logistics of it are interesting, and it's the inevitable implosion of streaming services we we saw them expand into these thing you know wwe uh dc universe uh, is another good one um mm-hmm. not not necessarily a good service but a good example of all these ridiculously niche services that are still ultimately charging a comparative price to the big ones that uh you know, offer a much wider variety so they they, they just can't build up the 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 subscribers needed, so of course they cut an umbrella in, and yeah, you know, we started with DC Universe moving well, into uh, HBO Max.
0: The fire, th- the fire thing with this, so so Peacock, of course, is Universal, who own USA Network, and that's where Raw and NXT air. It's Not where SmackDown airs. SmackDown airs on Fox, but they have a pretty st- strong relationship with Universal uh, because that's where they're two of their shows. And there was rumors for a while, a few months ago, that they they wanted to maybe ch- start trying to make monies on pay- off pay per views again. Because apparently, even though the pay per views were fifty or sixty dollars in the U.S. every month when they were back in the pay per view model, that much, Bloody yeah, extortionate. Um, they when they switched to streaming, the idea being is that of course, okay, we're only getting ten dollars a month from everyone, but it's so cheap that everyone's going to sign up and never cancel because like they can get everything and all the back catalog, and it seemed like a fine idea. The problem is is that they basically plateaued in subscribers years ago and it mm-hmm. never actually hit high enough to make up for the difference in
1: cost or the, the money that we're making from pay-per-views. G- genuine question here, because obviously I pay yes. very little uh, attention to wrestling. How much do people watch the back catalogue stuff? Did they ever release those stuff? Like, is that something that appeals to a lot of people? I, I or is know. it more of just a just, oh, it's, it's cool because it's there?
0: I mean, I've never released the numbers. I think a lot of people do like the back catalogue. I think there's actually a lot of people who have no interest in what... Because it's been terrible for years. It's been bland so, and shit for years. But a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia for when they watched it when it was good. Uh, you know, usually... I mean, obviously for our age groups, it's, it kind of aligns with being younger and uh, when you're a certain age as a kid. But it actually was considered a good period as opposed to just Even because, by the people who were older yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um. So people like to go back and watch stuff. Uh. The, the really classic stuff from basically the first wrestlemania era era through to the attitude era is quite popular for people to go back and rewatch um the content from like the mid
1: 2000s onwards i don't know <laughs> how much value a lot of that has for people um so, i just i, I didn't know cuz obviously i see people talk about wrestling all the time they talk about the you know the the big classic stories matches whatever but i've never heard anyone say they they're rewatching things so thought, like, i'm not in the circles though so and it was good value for what it
0: is, right? I mean take away from the fact that WWE's content has been terrible for a long time because and I mean you won't understand a lot of the terminology, but I'll just I'll just say the rating's been bad, right? I'll just boil it down to sure. that. Uh that's that's not I know wrestling fans are like oh, it's the booking I know it's the booking. I'm, I'm just I'm I'm am saying it in terms that Connor can understand. Um it's been bad for a long time. And but let's assume it wasn't. Let's assume it was at least decent, if not good. The idea that for ten a month you get the fifty dollar, sixty dollar pay per views every month as part of that, plus all the back catalog, was a no brainer. It's just like if you're if you're a wrestling fan, and you care about the the, the the thing you want to see it, this was night and day. You should absolutely have this. But the problem is is that because effectively, unless you, and you can always sign up for a month if you wanted to like binge some back catalog stuff, you want to go back and watch like a bunch of old Royal Rumbles or something, you can go do that if you want. But the main draw is the monthly pay-per-views. That's the real reason why anyone has it. It's not the original content, even though some of that, the, some of the documentary content they've done here or there has been all right. That's what you're there for. You're there for the monthly pay-per-views. The problem is, is that when they realised it's plateaued and they can't make up the cost of what they were earning before. Now, they've made it up in other places. For some reason, they keep getting insane TV deals where they're making millions and millions in contracts with TVs, even though the ratings are plummeting. Like, the ratings uh january like comparing a random raw in january to last year's raw in january you're looking at about five hundred thousand less viewers and it was already like the lowest it'd ever been last year like it's this, you know it's just it's, it's terrible their ratings are uh in the worst place they have ever been and but they keep making these deals and uh, you know th- this deal here was a b- billion dollars for i think five years so it's 200 million a year which sounds like a lot of money but then when you stop and think about well okay so 200 million dollars a year that's at least 12 pay-per-views plus all the back catalogue content as part of your streaming service it's actually quite low when you consider how much content it actually as it's now part of peacock uh and it's not and it's, i'm pretty sure it's not peacock isn't uh and yeah you don't have to pay any extra for this now is like if you've got peacock right, you get that's, this that's what i was gonna say because yeah, obviously not... um it's not an add-on, it's, it's like, I mean, the same rules of Peacock apply, because Peacock is a free tier, a, base, a basic tier, a premium tier. The same rules apply to the content if you're, you're on those tiers. Which is interesting because the the one with ads, I don't know how they're going to handle that with the live pay-per-views. Like, how do you insert live, ads of live pay-per-views? Uh, maybe those, those will just be exempt because they have to be, because it doesn't work. Or either that, or they're actually going to build in time for ads, which would be insane in a pay-per-view it's a
1: pay-per-view you don't get ads there's a premium piece of content well, there's there's two options there one they just slap ads in and tough shit you miss some and that's the price you pay for yeah the free or the free version yeah. or, alternatively they've got something worked out with wwe that no, no no you're building in time for ads which like you say would be insane but i mean, it would it's, be not, a... I mean it's not
0: impossible because because that's the difference between tv wrestling and pay-per-view wrestling tv wrestling you accept that the long matches have an ad break in the middle it's just the way it is it's the way it has to be and you accept it and they can't kind of design the matches around that they know that the middle chunk is going to be missed by a lot of people uh or it'll be picture and picture during the ad so they won't hear the sound so they'll make sure they don't do anything too exciting in that part so that when it comes and back uh, you know that's whatever.
1: the bit that i wouldn't be too surprised if they follow that
0: but that would mean that the pay-per-views are effectively TV wrestling and that would mean that you don't get the best types of matches that you typically get at those events in theory. Now again, not either at all, but sometimes the work's just not good enough and it just ends up being bad anyway. Yeah. But um, So this is, this is fascinating from a, a logistics point of view. Uh, it's basically WWE wanting to make money from another source. And throwing in the towel. Now, what's funny is that this is obviously only applies to the US, so it effectively means they're running their own network still, but only for international audiences. Um, Which is weird in and of itself, but the part that is fascinating to me is that unlike... Because DC Universe is a a different case in a way because Warner Brothers owns that and it was always kind of weird if the new HBO Max was coming, not just to include it in that, and it was just kind of them mismanaging things more than anything else. Yeah. This is WWE throwing in the towel and saying... This isn't worth it on our own. We make we'd make more money by selling this content to another streaming service and just going with that. And if they get to a point where they want to offer, say, okay, the back catalog is part of Peacock, but the pay per views now are going to be a little bit extra per month. Like you know, because I know ESPN do that where they still have pay per views built into the service. So I do wonder if they're going to start trying to do that again or. Um, the problem is, though, this is the problem they're going to face, is that, they're, is that they've trained everyone that their pay-per-views are worth no more than $10 a month, and anyone being faced with the prospect of having to pay a penny more than that to get access to, quite frankly, what are really bad on average pay-per-views now,
1: are not going to want to do it. I'd be shocked if they do it. I would say, let's... Hypothetically, just assume the quality gets better, right? Just, just for argument's sake. Okay, it's a big F. Let, let's uh, just, sure. I, I know that's a big ass, but let's just assume the quality is is good and people want to watch the pay per views, right? Uh, bec- based on their quality rather than just yes. out of habit. I think there's an argument to be made that it would be good for them to charge more just to reset the value. Going, no, we'll lose people at first, but if there's no other way to watch it, people will pay well, for it because they want to watch it still it's kind
0: of a snake eating its own tail thing a little bit because yeah one of the arguments for why it's been so stale and bad for the last few years specifically i mean it was kind of rough, i'll be honest it wasn't great for a long time before that but there were still highlights and high spots and surprises here or there but it's been really bland the last few years and one of the arguments as to why that's been is because they just have a service where everyone signed up and keeps paying they have no incentive to improve they have no incentive to try actually compete and try and make it compelling again because they have this built-in audience who pay every month. They're getting these big TV deals who are paying them more than they've ever been paid despite the fact that their ratings are worse than... I mean, honestly, Vince McMahon is one of the best con men there is. He somehow, like, gets companies to pay him millions and millions of dollars for a There's product a... that is waning. It's weird.
1: There, there, there have been people like that all throughout history. Yeah. Just, you look at the things that they did and, like, you know, the and, and then still they are popular and you, you get deals and, you know, and you're like, how? What what deal did you make with what devil?
0: It's it's absolutely fascinating. Because um, it's funny, because AEW, which is the wrestling show I watch, which is... Uh, I don't know, it's just, oh, it's better than WWE, but generally speaking, it is much better. Uh, there's a reason why I watch that. I don't watch WWE. Um, but that has four pay-per-views a year. And they are priced, you know, they're $50, I think, in the U.S. Um, They're a bit cheaper here because they know that UK people and other countries wouldn't Spingy dare pay that.
1: bastards. <laughs> we wouldn't dare pay that. Uh, uh, hey, when I was I watching... I, I, I think even the boxing barely charges that much with the pay-per-views. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a, you know, a lot bigger thing. Oh, yeah, they're, they're
0: £15 pounds here, Uh, the, the pay-per-views. The pay-per-views that are $50 in the U.S., are £15 pounds here.
1: So that's what, maybe $20? $20, $20
0: yeah. So it's less than half the price. Um, hell, when I was watching wrestling as a kid, they used to just be on Sky Sports. You didn't have, they didn't weren't pay per views, <laughs> really. Yeah, so they were and they weren't free because I mean, Sky Sports is a subscription, so I mean, you, you know, you had to have that. But uh, they were effectively free. It, you know, it was on the same channel they aired, the weekly show, so there was nothing extra to do to get the. If pay-per-view. If you were watching it anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh So they, I remember when the first had and, and the, do, you, do you know how they started doing pay per views in the UK? It, it was almost just a not an accident, but. It wasn't like an intentional planned thing. They wanted to make wrestling more mainstream in the UK. So they did this thing where they made a deal with Channel 4, which is one of, if you, if you know, if you're outside the UK, Channel 4 is one of our main networks, right, that everyone gets. Uh, the, the terrestrial basics. Yes, yeah, a network channel. Um, I don't know if anyone uses the word terrestrial outside the UK.
1: I think, to, I think And technically they're not even terrestrial anymore because... It's everyone went digital, digital a long time ago, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, But, so, it's one of the main channels. And they made a deal that four pay-per-views out of the 12 of the year would air on Channel 4. And Channel 4 also got, I think, like a highlight show once a week or something like that. I didn't get the full weekly show, but it got like a highlight show or something. So, they made this big deal. And it was a kind of a disaster because I, I remember watching Royal Rumble, I think 2000, and Channel 4 insisted on still putting in ads. So... They effectively, it effectively started off live, but then kind of went out of sync as it went on because they kept pushing back the next part because they wanted to put in an ad break. Even though it was airing at one in the morning, which is the time when you can get away with maybe having almost no ads if you want to. You but, could, but also that is the only way they make any money. <laughs> but it's like, okay, this was a terrible idea. If, if, if it wasn't going to be, you know, it, like, treat it like a special thing, I, I don't know, but like it, it was never going to work they aired two pay-per-views they aired that one then they did the one that was in like april or whatever it was you know it was every three months which makes sense for a year they pulled out a deal the whole thing collapsed and it meant that when we got to say august or september's pay-per-view whatever the next one was going to be there wasn't a deal with sky anymore sky sports who had, you know had the deal and had, had the deal up until like the last couple of years i think bt got it like two years ago or something like that, last year um but well we, we don't have a deal for those four So this next pay per view just doesn't have a home in the UK. So pay per views started happening in the UK as pay per views because they literally found themselves with no place for it to air, and it was like, well, uh, can you put it on Sky Box Office, please? (laughs) It was basically the response. And then
1: when they found out people were willing to pay, they were like, well, we'll keep doing this.
0: And I don't think they were at first. I think it went. I think there was a few years where it was just those four a year that were pay per views, but then the rest were still on Sky Sports. And then eventually, at some point, they Mm. made the the call to to switch it. i had stopped watching by that point. I, I I I wasn't there for much longer after this debacle, but um, it was it was just kind of funny that that's how it ended up starting in the UK. Um, but yeah, so this, this is fascinating. Uh, I mean, forget that it's about wrestling. Just just the fact that a streaming service that was independent and felt like a big enough juggernaut to do it on its own when we're thrown in the towel. it, it won't be the last one no it won't be um and honestly it's kind of good to an extent this one's a bit weird because it's worldwide and then only one country is having this weird deal as as long as it keeps operating everywhere that's fine the problem we may get into though is if they make a deal in other countries with other services it might get a bit of a tangled web again which is kind of the the one thing that streaming is supposed to kind of untangle is all this stupid international differences and whatnot um as long as the deal's the same
1: let's say in the uk they they make a deal with uh they'll pick a streaming service the 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 most obvious and likely solution if if it was a pre-existing service in this case i think would be amazon prime because they already do live sports content um and stream Mm -hmm. that yeah so that that, you know this kind of feels like okay that that will it's already built in in, into their systems as how to handle it as long as as everything
0: went with the same as it's doing with Peacock, where it was the exact same service, it's just it's through Amazon instead of instead of Peacock. Uh, it wouldn't be a big deal, but it, it, you know, things could get murky if they, let's say they, they get tempted by a deal when, when someone says Amazon says, "Oh, we want the pay per views, but we don't really want the back catalog."
1: I think that's very likely. I think what will be really fascinating if you end up with something like what happens with a uh, you know football over here or soccer to to the Americans where. It's not exclusive to one company. Uh, like the the live games, some are on Sky Sports, some are on BT Sports, some are now on Amazon. Amazon have like, you know, x amount of games a year are on Amazon, ex- yeah, exclusively. What happens when they're like, well, Amazon like, well, we'll pay for eight pay per views, and you know, someone else can have the other four. That would that would be weird. Um, obviously, the big difference is that that
0: type of sport has a lot more games a lot more things to it show. Does, yeah so uh whereas because wrestling's like a serialized show almost it is really bizarre to split it up like that but uh we'll see we'll see how things progress i, I knew this would be an interesting uh, discussion despite the fact that you don't give a shit about wrestling
1: and i don't no, care no about... I-, I actually yeah. saw this news article i said because i think it's it's interesting from a you know, just a streaming services point of view. That's why interests me. I don't care about the wrestling yeah. part of it, but the, the actual logistics so, of it do, do interest me. So just
0: to, to compare this to something else, just to f- finish this off so you get... To, when you go to Disney+, and there's the Marvel tab and the Star Wars tab, this is what this is going to be now in Peacock. There's mm-hmm. just going to be the WWE tab, and that's it. Which makes me wonder, I mean, AEW has four pay-per-views a year, and they are pricey, but there's only four a year. So they feel more special. Uh... They've never been free, so they, they they feel like a premium thing. And they, and because they're trying to sell you on it because they want you to spend money on it, there's a lot of incentive to try and make it as best as possible and to have enough compelling storylines get into it that you care about the payoff. Sure, uh, yeah. It's a good incentive for them to work towards them uh, to do that. It doesn't make me wonder, though, because, you know, they air on TNT, and that's Warner Brothers like to HBO Max eventually say, hey, uh, maybe not pay per views, but maybe after the year, year old, can we have the like the the back catalog and have EW tab on HBO Max? Yeah, so maybe. Cause is, it, uh,
1: is it Disney Plus that has ESPN? And in... they have a bundle. It doesn't come as standard, but you can have a bundle. No, it. but they have it as like an add on, right? That you yeah. can access through that in in the same way that we're kind of talking about this, where like you know, it's got the Star Wars section, the Marvel section, and then you know sports section uh yeah it's, it's it's definitely not unlikely that most streaming services at least the ones that are like the the big studios are going to go this way yeah and that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing i think no i mean the more they
0: bundle together so it's you don't have to have as many streaming services to get all the content the better but uh i can also i can but i can also see some of the potential deals happening being detrimental to us as well depending on what the specifics are it, I... it, it's very murky depending as long as it's no This entire streaming service merges with this one and maybe it goes up a dollar or two to account for it. But once it starts being more than that, it might get a little bit weird.
1: No, that's true. I think... (sighs) I think at that point they have to choose right. Well, we'll do it as a you know a two dollar add on, and you can cho- pick sure. and choose which ones you want. It's not going to be two; it'll be five. But yeah, sure, right, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever it is yeah. at the time. Instead of just a blanket, everyone gets two dollars increase because after after a certain amount of time, there's too many of those that people well, don't care about that you'll turn people away.
0: Yeah. Uh... And at which point, how many add ons do you have before it's just cable again, really? Kind of. I mean, it's, uh, no, it, 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 it's, it's still better because it's still, you can still just pick and choose which ones you want. And Ca- you can cancel at any time yeah. quite easily. C- cable's still a much worse piece because, at least as far as uh, here goes, it, basically you, you have standard, all the channels, but the the really good ones, which is the movies and the sports, the premium stuff, and then you have to pay a fortune for those if you want those on top of that. So you're kind of like locked. If you want, let's say you just wanted the sci fi channel you're locked into the medium kind of tier pricing, which is already, you know, significant. Whereas streaming is still much cheaper. If you just want the one thing, you just go get the one thing. If you yeah, like, if you only care about Netflix, you just go get Netflix and that's all you ever pay for. And that's Right. It.
1: But if you like Netflix, Amazon, and something else, you can kind of bounce between them month to month if yeah, you really yeah, wanted yeah. to. There's, there's all sorts of things. I think where, you know, this scenario gets particularly tricky is internationally. Because like you're saying, you know, uh, it's basically cable again. And that's how, you know, where we have been for decades with international content, it's just shopped around various places. It's, it's a mixed match. It's, it's, it's all over the place. Lu- I don't think it's too far away until we're like that again. Luckily,
0: luckily, one thing I don't think will change for the worse too badly is that audiences are getting used to everything getting to something at the same time. And it's actually good for the discussion of it because you look at anything coming out in Disney Plus and everyone
1: talking about it uh they, they'll have seen that for themselves yeah. with their own evidence because uh there was a like a, a lag with the launch in the in the uk for like and the mandalorian that like yeah it, it was out first season was out and it was like oh, okay
0: yes and uh, spoilers are already out you know tons of people have pirated it already like all all those things all those reasons mean that there's an incentive not to like unsync the content and live live wrestling and live sports is exactly the same like there's no point in having live things come later. no one cares. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I, I don't think we're going to go down that murky path again. Um, I do think that HBO Max will completely launch everywhere. The problem is is that they signed deals not that long ago in a lot of places,
1: and that's why they have to wait out those contracts before they can. And move. and those deals tend to be you know three to five years usually just... uh, at a time. So you, it's a it's a big waiting game when you've got a lot of content coming up. Yes. So. Uh that's unfortunate and uh doesn't mean the
0: VPNs are still very useful, but uh mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is. Uh but yeah, so that, that was a that was a big deal. That was a big deal. Uh yeah, so let's the, the most
1: I've ever spoken about wrestling in any context. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um all right. So we're at some shows now. I, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers uh before we move on. So thank you. Uh, to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Shaw, Born Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Uh, those are our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to you all. There are $20 or more on patreon.com slash But you can support us over there for as little as $1 per month and help keep all the content coming and get some bonuses for your trouble. Uh, you can, of course, also support us for completely free by hitting the like button, subscribing, uh, commenting. All these things do help with the YouTube algorithm, the dreaded algorithm, which we're all... Beholden to and dictates everyone's success, uh, so please do hit the old like button, if nothing else. Thank you. All right, uh, so moving on to the shows. Um, First up, uh, we have a workplace comedy at NBC called Pushing.
1: Where, 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 do you, where do you think this is set? Before I tell you what the workplace is, where do you think it's set? It's called Pushing. Uh, what do you mean like? Location or what the workplace is? What like the workplace is? What 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 was the what type of a business? was it uh, birth center? <laughs> I, I couldn't even told you that was a thing, <laughs> let alone that I guess well, that was what it was gonna be. Pushing is an ensemble workplace comedy about an all-female birth
0: center, and the male dilla who shows up uh, to join the team. So there's like an odd man out, literally the odd man out. Yes. Uh so I assume uh, birth I ass, uh, I assume this is I don't know if it's a place where you can give birth, but I assume this is where all the
1: all the classes, the breathing classes and I, I mean health. birth center implies to me that is where they give birth. They it's, do give uh, a as opposed as opposed to being in a hospital, you go to one of these places or sure. Yeah, obviously some people do home births. So I'm assuming okay.
0: that that's this is in between where okay, we've got a dedicated space,
1: but it's not the hospital. What you're yeah, I'm sure they have Medical facilities. Um, you got some midwives for, kicking around for the... Yeah. Um, for the vacation. I mean, just go to the hospital if, if, if you really don't want to go home. But, but whatever. Yeah, you know, weird.
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, that's pushing coming from NBC. Uh, next up, uh, Lana Condor is going to star on a show for Netflix, a comedy called Boo Bitch. It's a good title. <laughs>
1: okay. okay.
0: Uh, so... Eight episode live action comedy, uh, limited series, uh, coming from Erin Elric from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and King of the Hill, and Lauren uh, Ingrich from On My Block and Awkward. Uh, Lana Condor is going to star in it and executive produce. So, yeah, uh, and boo, bitch, so there's, there's a you know, comma, of course, boo, bitch. Just, just, just in case you're following just, just make, making it clear yeah. yes and boo bitch over the course of one night a high school senior played by Condor who's lived her life safely under the radar seizes the opportunity to change the narrative and start living an epic life only to find out the next morning she's a mother effing ghost
1: <laughs> okay
0: uh, Sure. So I thought it was gonna be all set in one night based on that first sense, but it's just that's just the setup. It's just that one night's what makes her a ghost. So she—that's wh- the first episode
1: of them. The, the ghostly reveal yeah. is the ending.
0: What whatever she does in her one night to be a
1: little less shy gets her killed, <laughs> and she's a ghost. I I guarantee there's at least two episodes after that one trying to figure out what happened. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's it's like the Hangover, but they died.
0: <laughs> kind of thing. It's a hell of a Hangover. Yes. Uh, so that's Boobitch coming to Netflix. Uh, Netflix have got some animated stuff in the uh, the works here. Uh, so they're going to do animes uh, set in the Tomb Raider and Kong Skull Island universes. Uh, the Tomb Raider one specifically is a sequel to the trilogy of games that just came out. Hmm. So it's a, specifically a sequel and continuity to those games.
1: I mean, it's very unlikely they're going to make any more games in that continuity. So <clears throat> sure, why not? It's sort of interesting though. It's interesting that they're doing
0: this, and if, if maybe if the show does well though, it may actually encourage them to go back and do a fourth one. If you know, if this somehow hits a, a you know a note in the consciousness,
1: it's it's possible. Um, you never know.
0: Um, yeah. So and then the Kong one, I don't know if it's as specific as this one in terms of its, its setting. Uh, beyond just you know, it's going to be a Kong anime, but yeah. Does Matt know about this yet? It, it, it just says the new animated series will continue the story of these myths and monsters, which could mean
1: anything, to be honest. <laughs> this, 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 to speak. I it would I would assume that's implying it's following that you know that movie version at least. But I mean, beyond that. Yeah, but is it set after that movie?
0: Is it, is it set after the next movie that's coming out with Colin, and, you know, like it could be anywhere.
1: Yeah, who knows?
0: Yeah. Uh, not much to say on these. Hey, I'm not a big anime guy, even though I have I have a somewhat
1: I have somewhat interest in both franchises. But yeah, I mean, you kind of mostly enjoyed the the anime Godzilla movies that Netflix did, right? Or Netflix at least distributed. Well, the third one was a train wreck, but sure. But two out of three. The, the first two were okay. Yeah, the first two had some some. Yeah, and I've got a. I mean, assuming it's still happening, I believe they got a Pacific Rim anime coming. Oh yeah, it's coming. There's a poster out and everything for it's coming. Oh, is it okay? It's coming uh, very soon. No. Yeah.
0: Oh really? Okay, cool. Uh, so uh, and then the next thing from Netflix, which is also an animated series, although not uh, they're not describing this as an anime, so whatever difference that really means. Uh, but they're doing a Sonic the Hedgehog animated series on Netflix. Uh, which will premiere worldwide in 2022. Uh, they're saying it's funny because it says, "Oh, it's celebrating its 30th anniversary." But next year, the animated series is coming out, so they're announcing it for the anniversary.
1: I mean, yeah, there's, there's enough
0: there. You can get away with that. Um, sure, and then, And this is for kids. They say it's a 24-episode animated adventure aimed at kids between 6 and 11 years old.
1: Uh, it sounds about not- right for a Sonic cartoon, to be honest. It yeah. does. Honestly, some of the animated content that are, like, you know, you know, aimed for, you know, for kids, but, you know, like in the, the family tab where, you know, uh, old people can watch them. Some of that is really good. Uh Dragon Prince is fantastic. Um The Del Toro one that I'm completely blanking on the name on uh is wonderful. Um, Troll Hunters, that's it. Um So, you know, they've got a, a history of kind of being quite good in, in this ballpark. So, I mean, maybe, maybe Sonic can finally get a, a reasonable adaptation. Yeah, there you go. That's Sonic. Uh,
0: all right, the big uh, dramas now. Uh, first up, George Clooney is going to executive produce a reboot, a TV reboot of Buck Rogers, uh, an old sci-fi property. Uh, so, is, is he starring or just... Just producing. Well, no. Apparently, he's lined up to stars, so it's not. I mean, this is the thing, and all in the done deal yet. But the other interesting thing here is that Brian K. Vaughn is going to write it. Uh, mm. you don't have an opinion on his TV work though. I know you don't like his comic books, but uh, he did episodes a uh, Lost, I'm sure. Yeah. So,
1: well, maybe I've seen other stuff of his, and I just know I did, didn't know, and now I know why I didn't like it.
0: Oh, that. he's a fantastic comic writer he's one of the best comic writers working today um as much as car is going to disagree with me uh he's way better than your favorite all right so
1: shut up to, uh, to be honest i don't even have like a really strong dislike of him I it's more more just indifference it's not like some of the other writers where i'm like no no i will never mm-hmm. touch their stuff yeah but if you want to upset car just put uh brian K. Vaughan is better than kieran gillan in the comments uh, it's fine, because I, I know that none of you mean it and you're only saying it because Pete's cause telling you to. And it, that, that, that's fine, won't help. Uh, so, yeah. Uh,
0: based on a character created by Philip Francis Nolan in 1928, which was later turned into a TV show, Buck Rogers in the 25th century for NBC. Uh, the show ran for two seasons from 1979. So this is a really classic property. Uh, it centered around Captain William Anthony Buck Rogers, uh, played by Gil Gerard. Uh, a pilot. His spacecraft malfunctions and Rogers is accidentally frozen for over 500 years and transported into a world where Earth was rebuilt following a nuclear war. So obviously, you look at the photos from the old show, it's an ancient show, so it looks all goofy and campy and whatnot. Uh, but, and I'm not saying it should be as gritty as Battlestar Galactica, but if you think about Battlestar Galactica and sort of taking a, a campy or old show and then saying, hey, this, here's the modern version of it, uh, mm. that could be cool. Um, admittedly, the name Buck Rogers does sound kind of goofy on its own so maybe they'll call it something else that said though George Clooney can be a pretty fun uh swashbuckly guy if given the opportunity I think so maybe they do want to have a sort of tongue in cheek
1: tone to this I don't know uh, I think I think they probably keep the name that's that's the mm. biggest part of their brand recognition but I think you can still do a they say a, a modern take on it not, not not to you know make it ultra gritty less cheesy sure yeah. i am thinking, you know you you mentioned uh Balsall, i think was is maybe a a better comparison might be lost in space okay sure yeah um which which took you know that that goofy you know 60s sci-fi and kind of went okay this is what this is like now where it's still fun it's still like you know not gritty but you know we're just doing it in the you know what we expect of that now yeah uh
0: so that's Buck Rogers being produced and potentially starring uh, George Clooney, written by Brian K. Vaughan. And I, don't, I, I mean, I love Brian K. Vaughan's comics, so I'm I'm that, that name excites me as much as it doesn't, Connor. Uh, so moving on, Tim Robbins is going to star opposite Leslie Mann in the power Amazon's ten episode thriller drama series based on Naomi Alderman's feminist sci fi book, um, coming from director Reed uh, Morano, who worked on Sister Alderman uh so the world of power is our world but for one twist of nature suddenly and without warning all teenage girls in the world develop power to electrocute people at will <laughs> it's hereditary it's inbuilt and it can't be taken away from them the power follows the cast of remarkable characters from london to seattle nigeria to moldova as the power evolves from a tingle in teenagers collarbones to a complete reversal
1: of the power balance of the world this uh this sounds expensive with all those countries <laughs>
0: ah can you get a couple of establishment shots for
1: your first season then you just use them forever yeah right. i'm thinking of um oh god what was the the earlier netflix show that that had this problem Sensei. Got... yeah 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 but you don't uh, have to
0: actually shoot in all those countries they just want it to be fancy and expensive
1: yeah and netflix is like damn it why did we agree to this
0: <laughs> yes this is costing five times what it should have cost <laughs> yeah um so I really mean, like Tim Robbins. Uh, the concept sounds interesting. It sounds like you could do a lot of uh, interesting commentary by having the, you know, all of a sudden every woman on the planet has this superpower. Um, yep. And how does that, that balance of power, uh, you know, going along with the idea that it is a male dominated world and we're still struggling to find true equality. And all of a sudden the, the half that is in the, you know, the more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Marginalized sized is able to suddenly electrocute <laughs>
1: the men you know what's what's really interesting to me is that because i don't know exactly the the timeline of when this is set because it mentions it's you know it's hereditary and you know mm-hmm. there's a shift i would i would hope there are still people around from the before the first generation oh, sure. where you know they're, they're adult women they you know it didn't kick in when they were teenagers and it's their kids so you've got this kind of maybe resentment you know the you know weird kind of power dynamic of the other the the older women without powers that'd uh, be really interesting
0: yeah maybe I, I was thinking maybe we'll have two timelines maybe we'll have like just after it hit but we'll have also the world like 20 years later or something like that when everyone's sure. sure. kind of used yeah. to the idea um I, I think i don't know if it's important to me because i mean who knows maybe all the maybe all the women at all ages get this at the same time uh,
1: it, it could be. It sounded like it's, it, it's a teenage kicking thing, though, rather than...
0: I think what I'm more interested in, though, is having a lot of men who are around before this happened and their kind of, re- you know, reaction mm. uh, and their, like, you know, quest to maintain power and almost the X-Men-like fears of, like, ah, oh, they've got too much power
1: now, we have to do something about this. The the younger boys have only read about the days where th- things weren't like this. and. and mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's interesting things there's a
0: lot. Of, there's a lot of potential. Um, I have no idea if the book's any good, but, I mean, it certainly sounds interesting. Uh, yeah. So, and Tim Tim Robbins and Leslie Mann are an interesting couple of actors to put in there, so. Hmm? so no, uh I'm intrigued. Uh, and Rain Wilson's in here, too. He was already cast. I actually didn't even mention that.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Uh, so Rain Wilson's in there, too. Uh, so, yeah, he was cast in this last February. So this, this has been
1: gestating a little bit. Did we talk about this last February? I don't remember. Uh, if we did, I've, I have completely forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all right then. Well, it's not just me this time. Uh,
0: so, moving on. Nicole Kidman is going to star in executive person for a show called Hope for Amazon Studios. So another Amazon thing in the world. Nicole Kidman, she's loving these limited series now. She's done a lot of these these prestige limited series. done a couple at HBO. Now she's working with Amazon. Um, So, this is under her Blossom Films uh, production company. Um. So, yes, Uh, it's based on a Norwegian uh, film. Uh, It was the Norway's entry in the International Film Category at the Academy Awards, Uh, or the upcoming Academy Awards. Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be nominated, but it's their submission for it, Uh, because obviously we've not had nominations yet. I don't even know when they're happening, because the whole thing's later than usual this year, so I don't know when they're doing that. But uh, with suspense, mystery, tragedy, and humour, the series Hope will chronicle 12 days of a family's Christmas together. The unravelling of a marriage with six children between them in this large, complicated, blended family drama. Hope is a falling-in-love-again story. Uh, descriptions, I love that word, blended, now. They love to put in the word, blended. Eh, you know, it, it sounds like the sort of thing where you got you got good writing, you got good actors. It might be compelling, but, you know, it's, it's just a condensed story of a family falling apart over Christmas. Um... It would be interesting if they did something bold, because obviously we like the shows being weekly, but it'd be interesting if they did something like this where they actually released this one a day around Christmas in like a year or two, because that's what how it's set.
1: Okay, uh, I'll be honest with you. My internet whatever dropped out while you were telling the description. I heard none of it. I heard it was based on something Norwegian, so I, I've, got, I, I've got nothing to add to this one, sorry.
0: <sighs> Let's move on. Uh... Apple TV has ordered a limited series called We Crashed, uh, starring Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway is completely fine, but Jared Leto means I am hard out uh, before I've even read anything else. Uh, So, yeah. They're obviously going to be the lead roles. Uh, Apple Studios producing, which isn't really saying much, honestly. Um, (laughs) The series... uh, I'm looking for the description here. I don't know if they've got a... In depth, uh, thing it's based on the hit podcast. Hit pod, how dare you? Uh, it's a hit <laughs> television show, there's no hit podcast unless well, it's our podcast, in which case, fine, Alex. I was gonna it. say,
1: that's
0: yes. very negative, but the podcast is called uh, We Crashed the Rise and Fall of We Work. Uh, and we crashed is all one word, but the C's capitalized and
1: crashed. And WeWork is kind of the same thing. as one word. I hate word. this name. I mean, it's probably really good for, for you know, search engine. But I, I hate it.
0: Yeah. It's going to follow the greed-filled rise and inevitable fall of WeWork, one of the world's most valuable startups and narcissists whose chaotic love made it all possible. Uh, I can see Jared Little in that role, quite frankly. Jared Unfortunately,
1: he, yeah, he's he's a... Weird, terrible person by the sounds of it.
0: It's a narcissist? You don't say. You don't say. All right. Uh, moving on. FX has ordered a pilot that's called The Spook Who Sat By The Door. Uh, da, da, da. The executive produced by Lee Daniels, uh, written by Foundation and Raisin Dion, co-executive producer uh, Lee Dana Jackson, and will be directed uh, by The Twilight Zone and The First Purge director, Gerard McMurray. So, based on uh, Sam Greenlee's spy novel, the series will look at the fictional story of Dan Freeman, the first African-American CIA officer hired by the agency in the late 1960s. It chronicles the quest of Freeman, who was recruited as part of an affirmative action program. After a very competitive selection process, he trains in high-level combat and espionage. However, following the arduous, arduous, arduous training, this model recruit is rewarded with the the post and the re- reprographs or sorry reprographics aka photocopying i'm glad they told me what that was because I, I had no idea what rep reprographics was <laughs> I'm I, gl- I couldn't have even made a guess yes uh i mean that's obviously clear. the joke is that is it sounding fancy and it says aka he's doing photocopying he's got a shit yeah. job uh so Left by the door uh, as a token uh, of the CIA's racial equality and quotations, their racial equality. Uh, so, okay, a lot to work with there. A uh, lot of drama and social commentary to to throw in there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, presumably, I would imagine he somehow gets involved in a real case and
1: you know, I, I actually gets to do something. Has to, yeah, yeah, that's. I yeah. assume
0: that's what the it's going to be him proving himself and getting away from the photocopier, I assume is the... Them
1: presumably not taking him seriously even when he's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, interesting concept.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. It feels like the FX is a not bad home for this. They can, they, can, they can be a bit edgier but they can they can tackle the subjects without sugarcoating things too much. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's the spook who sat by the door. Uh, it's a good title. It... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next up, uh, so Michael B. Jordan's got a show in the worst at Amazon, which is not a surprise because uh, he did like an Amazon Prime TV spot Apparently, I, I haven't seen it, but it was one of the most watched Super Bowl spots was I'll tell you what, for him. it. Uh, but he's doing a Muhammad Ali TV show uh, with his production company. They've got a big first look deal with, uh, with Amazon and uh, they're working with Muhammad Ali's estate to do a, a, a limited series based on his
1: life. Um and that's basically it. <laughs> that's that's the gist. I mean sure, not very surprising. Um it's uh easy pickings, I guess, when it comes to you know, biographies. Yes, for everyone who doesn't know, of
0: course, Muhammad Ali uh, was of course a really, really big uh, figure scare uh back in his day.
1: You done? You done being funny? <laughs> if I if I <laughs> If I
0: have made one person even for a split second thing that Muhammad Ali was a figure skater, I've achieved something today. Um, but yes.
1: I'm very glad that you have definitely not achieved something today.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, something that I know we're not really fussed about, but uh, you know how Paramount have... Uh, or the Paramount channel, their network, right? They, they've they kind of stepped away from stuff now because they just going to be like... A, I remember this being like a, they're switching to just movie, TV movie content, but they had their one big success... At least, if I'm thinking of the same network, uh, the one big success was Yellowstone, starring Kevin Costner. Oh, I sure. Right, uh, Paramount Plus uh, is working on a Yellowstone prequel called Y1883,
1: as in the letter Y, obviously for Yellowstone. Even they know you can't just call something Y. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, it sounds like FX has changed it to Why
0: the Last Man again. I can't even yeah, remember I, I, the, la- I, I, the last time they called it just why. I agree, but I couldn't resist. So yeah, Yellowstone <laughs> co-creator, executive producer Taylor Sheridan has signed a massive new overall deal uh, with Viacom ViacomCBS uh, to produce shows. And they're starting with Yellowstone prequel Why 1883 uh, for Paramount+. Plus. So according to the sources, uh, the, the deal's going to be for five years, blah, 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 blah. Um, is there anything about the show this uh, specifically that we can talk about? Uh, yes, so it's set to premiere later this year. Also, well, they're getting to this quite quickly. Why eighteen eighty three follows the Dutton family as they embark on a journey west to the Great Plains towards the last bastion of untamed America. It is a stark retelling of the Western expansion and an intense study of one family fleeing poverty to seek a better future in America's promised land, Montana. What's funny about this is that. This feels like it'll avoid the pitfalls of prequel stuff because it's just a story about the the you know the the great expansion and like going out west, rather than like I can't imagine there's going to be references to the characters from present day Yellowstone. <laughs> like no,
1: maybe not characters, but it'll be like, hey, look, look, look at the place.
0: I mean, I have been a lot of that, but that this that, this could just be called something else. This doesn't even have to be connected to Yellowstone. They're just doing it
1: for the 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 there's, the, there's the a marketing weird thing where. I think they've chosen such an awkward middle ground that is just going to hurt it. Because I don't think why and then the year tells people really that this is connected to Yellowstone without knowing. So I don't think you're drawing in people who don't know. At, at, so you might as well have just called it something else entirely. What, Yellowstone to... 1883, maybe? Well, well that, no, that's my point. You, you go either either direction. I think either just, just put Yellowstone in the title. It's fine. And go, okay, that, this is what this is. Or... Take the Y out completely and just have it, you know, what you know, a different title in, entirely that doesn't have any connection to Yellowstone and just well, tell it, people it's a prequel. If it becomes a thing where this is successful enough that they
0: do another, like oh, we'll do something set in like, the thirties, you know, and, and set in the same town again with different characters, like it could become almost a Fargo West thing where they keep doing different time periods. So, it, it, right. it, it could almost become a thing where we do actually, Avengers, or at least people who like the show come to accept that oh no that was you know it's why 1923 it's why
1: no i know, get that but so i'm on. thinking like people who are casual fans now who liked yellowstone and would be interested in a prequel if if they you know if they're not told explicitly this is a prequel this is connected to that thing you like i don't think any of them have any clue based on this title so why bother it just seems like such a strange decision to me all right moving on Adrius Elba's UK production firm, uh,
0: Green Door Pictures, has acquired the TV rights to poet uh, Selena God- Gordon's well-received uh, debut novel, "Missy's Death, Missy's Death." Now, just to explain this title, uh, "Missy's Death" as in a name, as in you know the title. That the title, yes. So you know the woman's name is Missy's Death, and then the second part of it is Missy's Death, as in she is missing death. So Missy's Death, Missy's Death. So it makes sense we are reading that. Obviously, when I say it a little like that, it sounds a bit silly, but it's a good title though because it looks good.
1: And and the awkwardness of the English language that where you just explained that right now. Mm-hmm. You said she is missing death, as in, uh, you know, uh, is absent, and she, yes. you know, and she's longing for it. But also, it could be she misses death, as in she avoids death, yes. and they've just. So yeah, yeah. Isn't English
0: such a wonderful language? So it's a dark comedy. Uh, it was published in the UK by uh, Canongate uh, the fictional story of a young author named Wolf who is visited by death, a shapeshifting working working class black woman exhausted from spending eternity doing her job. Death seeks someone to unburden her conscious er, conscience sorry to, and asks Wolf to write her memoirs. enthralled by her uh, reminiscences of uh, Wolf and death time travel together to witness historic events of the past and the present. Past in the present! That's a screams after midnight thing, but... Past in the present! <laughs> as the two, I, don't, I don't drink for that one. <laughs> yeah. As the two reflect on ancestry, loss, and the future of humanity, their friendship grows into a surprising affirmation of hope and resilience. So, a very, very... Sounds like a very... Uh, I don't want to say ethereal, but it, like the, the, t- the time traveling, looking at different eras, and I imagine it's going to the dark comedy is going to have a lot of yeah, social commentary and stuff in it. And
1: the, the, it almost sounded like a Christmas Carol. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, kind
0: of, but sort of more ongoing, where the writer's not in trouble or like being shown stuff for a reason. It's more that it's, it's actually death who wants him to write a book, <laughs> you know, her memoirs. Yes. So. It becomes this kind of comical look at the the history of the world, but I, I assume it's a limited series. I mean, you could, I suppose you could do it for ongoing. You could just keep visiting uh, more I, times and places. I mean, you but, probably could, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Elba's producing. Um, but yeah,
1: uh, cool. I mean, it's, it's an interesting premise. It's a good title uh, as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that one. I think I'm like say it was, it's a it's a memorable title for sure. Yeah, Mrs. Death, Mrs. Death, you'll we'll never forget it. Uh, next up, stars. Uh,
0: has ordered uh, an eight-part drama, uh about Catherine de D- Medici. I assume that's pronounced. Uh, so yes, the cables ordered. Uh, the the show's called The Serpent Queen, uh based on Leone Frida's book Catherine de Lee D- Medici renaissance queen of france i don't know my my queens of france well enough to know if i'm pronouncing her name properly but uh, medici yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, italian family though i think i say yeah, it says italian I, I'd, I'd say that name's italian if i'm looking at it but uh, uh,
1: fr- from memory yeah uh, italian family
0: so yes um uh Stacey, Stacey passion who's directed uh billions and directed episodes of american gods and dickinson uh, will direct multiple episodes including the premiere so that's kind of the main director they've got to set up the, the style um sure. maybe it gives you an idea of kind of maybe some of the, the feeling and tone they're going for with this as well um yeah so uh Meditri was an italian noblewoman and queen and consort of france married to king henry ii and mother of uh, of kings francis ii charles the ninth and henry the third um uh, man those Roman, you mostly get out of hand if they kept going with those uh like i mean ninth charles the ninth
1: like at what point do you just come on it's enough charles the 22nd (laughs) yeah but they they shorten down again because you know 10 goes back to just an x right so it's like yeah it never it never gets any it never really gets any longer than you know that nine until you're like in the hundreds well that's not true it has like four digits uh, sure, I was in eight, rather than r- yeah. nine. But, you know, like, what I meant is, like, once you're in that first ten period, that's, you know, as long as it gets, really. Aye. But you, you, can, get to
0: the, you can get to the four, though, quite easily. Every so often, you'll get to the four yeah. digits, which is quite a long <laughs> number to add at the end of your name.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's... Anyway, uh... She had a huge influence in France during the 16th century. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can already pretty much tell you this is probably not for me.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm almost just falling asleep telling you about it's, it. it. It's something I would probably enjoy on a, you know, a passing level. You know, depending on how accurate it is.
0: Yes. Uh, next up, Seth MacFarlane is teaming up with Amy Pascal to adapt Elan Mastai's novel All Are Wrong Today's for Peacock. We're getting a Peacock original here. Uh, so published in 2018 the book is a mind bending time travel love story that explores alternate versions of ourselves in dramatically surprising and often unexpected ways it tells the story of tom Barron's world set in 2016 where technology has solved all of humanity's problems there's no war no poverty no under rape avocados <laughs> okay try to be funny uh unfortunately <laughs>
1: maybe you laughed
0: well yeah because of the way i read it to myself i mean i think trying to be funny ha 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 is my reaction to most of seth mcfarland's work (laughs) unfortunately tom isn't happy he lost the girl of his dreams and what do you do when you're heartbroken and have a time machine something stupid finding himself stranded in a terrible alternate reality tom is desperate to fix his mistake and go home right up until the moment he discovers wonderfully unexpected versions of his family, his career, and the women who just might be the love of his life. Now, Tom faces the impossible choice. Go back to his perfect but loveless life, or stay in our messy reality with a soulmate by his side. His search for the answer takes him across uh, continents and timelines in a quest to figure out, finally, who who he really is and what his future is supposed to be. So, this is a perfect world with no problems, but do you give all that up? because the person you love is in our shitty version
1: of the planet. Like, I, I, I'm almost annoyed that it said our, re, our reality, yeah. because up to that point, I hadn't. And I was like, yeah, I was waiting to to, to to pause and be like, right, money on, the shitty version being just our world. No, it is. Of course, that's the premise. It has to be yeah. a premise. Yeah. Especially set in 2016. All the things that
0: have started happening in 2016 it, it, specifically. Come on. It was a
1: big year, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I hate that that sounds so... I mean, hopefully McFarlane's not as
1: involved? I like a lot of his stuff, so I'm okay if he is. I think he's a very talented man.
0: A Million Ways to Die in the West soured me so much on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm not going to defend that one. But
0: I just, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm not saying everything he's ever done is great. Um, yeah. Just, I, there is a lot of good stuff. Hmm,
0: yes. Uh, very glamorous shot of Amy Adams at the top of this next article. Uh, she's over her shoulder, there's light hitting there, she's smiling. I mean... What can I say? Every so often often a ginger can actually look good. That's all I'm saying here, right? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) All right, so Amy Adams uh, with uh, Her Heart Company Bond Group in A24 developing Outlawed uh, for TV. Uh, So this is a feminist western... Uh, the book published on January fifth, twenty twenty one. This is happening so often now where books have literally just
1: came out or are not even out yet and you know the, the deals are in yeah, place. I I, uh, I I know someone who works for one of these companies that does this where mm. they, they are sent uh the pre release copies to, you know, the, the the department. They'll sit there, you know, there's like you know, a team of however many, depending on the size of the company, and they just sit there, read the books, put them in a pile, go, Yeah, we think this is worth considering or not mm. and just pass it up the chain. Um so yeah, it doesn't surprise Makes me sense. at all. It says, "Outlawed follows a young midwife
0: through her initiation into the notorious hole-in-the-wall gang and their dangerous mission to transform the Wild West." Uh, honestly, I think saying feminist western actually is a very interesting clash of two yeah. words. I'm into it. Yeah,
1: I am too. Because that, like, technically expanded description you gave me there at the yeah. end was like, I mean, that that was there was nothing to go on there. But you already said, you know, feminist western. That's enough. Where I'm like, okay, I'm 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 interested yeah. or I'm not. To, which to, I am. To an extent, I think Godless kind of
0: went into that territory a bit. Uh, you know the the whole town, the shootout towards the end was very
1: much about all the women having to like sort of stand up and fight back. Yeah, it was, it was I quite... wouldn't describe the show as a feminist western, but I would yeah. say it is a, a western with but the feeling I has
0: sensibilities. Yeah, the feeling I had though when it, all that stuff was going on in that show is what I want from this essentially. If they can, if they give me a badass. Character, I mean not even badass to begin with but someone who kind of grows into being a badass perhaps because that's can maybe be kind of the part of the point uh, You know, westerns are cool again, apparently
1: They could be good. They could be good when done properly when they're, when they're cinematic enough uh, uh, I mean, I think there's been a handful of decent westerns over the last few years. So I'm down for this Yeah, it's been met
0: by with uh, a effusive praise since its debut of the book um, And it's been a multiple mm. most anticipated of 2021 less It's been named in Amazon's Best of the Month, Library Read Section, and the Next Pick, all these Some of these things I've never even heard of. The the, the usual,
1: here's your list of accolades. Yes.
0: All all the book club or book sites that recommend things, they've all been putting it high. So, Um, cool. Um, Interesting. I don't think it says anything about Amy Adams herself necessarily being starring in it. It doesn't say she's not going to either, though she seems like I mean it depends if the character's maybe young you know like a young just like out, out of her teens kind of aged then fair enough but I think like Amy Adams I, I could see her in a western
1: uh, me too and obviously in we've, we've seen in, in the last few years she's willing to do TV work at least premium TV sure yeah yeah uh, I got it be a fun role for Amy Adams
0: to do actually so uh, mm. but again if, if the character's maybe like 22 because she's you know quite young then fair enough <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah don't don't change it that much obviously but yeah, but yeah. I mean, it does say young midwife, so yeah, maybe mm. m- maybe Amy's just a bit uh out of that range at this point.
1: But she can be she can be the the badass
0: mentor. Ah, uh, maybe <laughs> uh, it's always one of those. Yeah, yeah. Because young midwife says to me she's going to be about twenty probably. But hey ho. Uh, so that is outlawed. Uh, next up, HBO are developing. Uh, a, a memoir. Uh, it's called the uh, The Fact of a Body. This is uh, Alex Marzano Lazzavinci's
1: memoir. Lot of Italian today.
0: Yeah. uh So, yes. Who 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 is this some bitch? So it's set around a young lawyer whose opposition uh to the death penalty is shaken when she's assigned the case of a child murderer whose complicated life story parallels the long-suppressed trauma of her past. That's convenient. This is the sort of thing that I'd sort of roll my eyes a l- little bit at, except for the fact that it's a memoir, so <laughs> it's a true story. Yeah. Um. So the idea it that someone... It sounds who... very TV, it doesn't does, it? It does. But the idea that someone who's really against the death penalty is so disturbed by, like, a, a killer that they kind of maybe set and guess their opinion
1: a little think, bit. like... Up till that point, I'm like, okay, this seems perfectly normal and plausible, right? That, that seems like yeah. I can buy that. It's the part where it parallels their own experiences to, so neatly. Yeah. That's the bit where I go, okay, now it sounds like a TV thing. Yeah, there's a bit more here. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll just expand it here. Um, it tells the story of
0: Ricky Langley, a, a paedophile and child murderer in Louisiana who killed and lately molested a six-year-old boy in 1992. Uh, and uh, Marzano Lozenvich, uh, who is a 25-year-old intern at the law firm that defended Langley, uh, wanted Langley to die after watching his videotape confession despite being staunchly anti-death penalty. Um, so, interesting as well that they're working for the defense, uh, or the, the, the law firm working on his defense. Uh, makes it a bit more interesting as well, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I saw a solid limited series that HBO could put a lot of money into and some
1: good actors... Could, could, you say a lot of money. In, enough money that it'll have that HBO sheen, but by its nature, doesn't need to go overboard, right?
0: Oh, yeah. It's this, this not a big sci-fi show or action show where there's a lot of effects or anything like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Apple TV uh, is near in order for a six-part limited series. Uh, it's called In With The Devil. Taron uh, Egerton, or Edgerton, however you pronounce his goddamn name. Uh, I,
1: I think I always said Edgerton, uh but then I think, some, I, think I was corrected. It, it was, it's... Uh, that was out of the three ways you said it that would be the way the one i'm certain it's not yeah Uh, i think edgerton's actually the correct but but i was so used to saying it
0: my way that i whatever anyway so uh yeah uh we got was that robert kirkman i'm seeing here in the uh the image or is that just an actor who looks at robert kirkman (laughs) so six hour, hour adaptation of a true crime memoir uh by james keen uh and edgerton set to star uh as as the author and richard jules paul walter hauser is in talks to join him as the suspected serial killer so uh, michael r uh, roscombe will direct a script by dennis lehane it'll shoot in new orleans so uh keen was a young chicago kid who was a standout football player headed for a pro career when a few turns in the wrong direction caught him a decade-long prison sentence with no chance for parole the son of a Chicago cop was offered by the prosecutor who put him behind bars the chance to be sprung from prison and a chance to redeem himself. The stakes were high. Same prosecutor convicted a man named Larry Hall for abducting and killing a 15-year-old, just one of perhaps 19 other women he's killed. The killer could be released on appeal. Keane's task was to integrate himself with the murderer in prison and get him to confess to two murders. So, basically, a prisoner's was offered a chance to get out by... Going undercover inside the prison to befriend this killer and get him to talk, so that's the the, the premise. Um,
1: it sounds fine.
0: Yeah, I guess this does just the. It looks so much like Robert Kirkman, the uh, the the comic book writer who did Evil Dead and i oh, The Evil Dead, sorry, Walking Dead. But that's a slip. <laughs> that's a slip. Evil Dead's well, I actually really like the Walking Dead comic book, but as far as the TV show Walking Dead, Evil Dead's a way better thing. <laughs> just. Yeah. Uh, Directly. Also, the
1: up- upcoming Invincible show from Amazon.
0: That is also true. Also, Outcast that was uh, only had two seasons uh, on Cinemax, I believe that was on it. Uh, mm. But yeah, so that's cool. Uh, and we're actually almost out of time. We've got a window to record this, so I'm just going to speed through these last few things a little bit. Uh, next up, uh, Jessica Rhodes and Shreda Global acquire David Hill's The Vapors uh, for TV. Uh, and Alex Metcalf is going to write the adaptation. Uh, This was competitive, apparently. It's a 2020 book uh, called The Vapors. It's so... Right. The Vapors tells the unknown story of Hot Springs, Arkansas, America's forgotten capital of vice, home to healing waters, dozens of churches, and America's original national park, as well as illegal gambling, countless backrooms and brothels, and some of the country's most bald-faced criminals. For decades, Hot Springs was a pocket of sin in the buckle of the Babel belt. This is the story of gangsters gone good, believers gone bad, and the growth of a Black Broadway, supported by a burgeoning African-American middle class and the center of the Jim Crow South. Uh, this is the sort of thing, this will entirely depend for me on writing and directing because the, the premise itself, there's so many shows that wanted to be set in this type of location that want all these, like, you know, anti-hero characters and crime and stuff. It needs to be excellent. And if it's excellent, then great, I'll love it. But if it's anything less than that, I'll be bored by it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I am as well. Like The whole, like, big crime angle eh, doesn't really interest me inherently. It has to be pretty standout to, to grab me. Next up,
0: Folktellers, excerpts from an unknown guidebook is getting TV adaptation uh, from Peter Mohan, executive producer of Hulu's The Hardy Boys. Um, so I say, again, adult fantasy book, de- developing it. Um, the excerpts of an unknown guidebook series tells the story of an unassuming teenager Aaron Anderson, <laughs> a superhero name, got I was just thinking of that. Yeah. Who has his world turned upside down as he learns that his destiny is to become a folkteller a guardian and wielder of those essential stories that comprise the hopes, fears, and potential of humanity across all dimensions. Aaron and a group of friends find themselves on a desperate mission to protect those stories from the shadowy creatures whose goal is to snuff out all life and light wherever it may exist. And along the way, Aaron will be forced to overcome his crippling lack of confidence and trust himself to use the primal power of those stories to fight back the darkness
1: and bring order to the universe. The Non young adult version of this, which is presumably written by Grant Morrison. <laughs> I I, lo- I love this take on this concept. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm skeptical.
0: Next up, Amazon Prime <laughs> is pulling a, the the curtain back on a a new German original. They've ordered another German original series for Amazon Prime. Uh, it's called The Griffin. Uh, or well, it's an adaptation of a, a novel, uh, The Griffin. Um. Wait, what? <laughs> it's a good start. Oh, sorry. I got confused there. I'm trying to rush through this a little bit too much. and I'm, I'm confusing my, myself. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. There's a fantasy series called The Griffin, uh, based uh, on a book by Wolfgang Holbein. A very German name there. Love it. Uh, here's the logline for it. On their way to adulthood, the three outsiders, Mark, Mimo, and Becky, come into contact with a fantastic world called The Black Tower. There, the Griffin, a world-devouring monster, has been mercilessly plundering and subjugating all living creatures for centuries, and the three friends of all people seem destined to end his reign of terror. So, so German. I, I was worth mentioning. This is being produced by one of the producers of Dark, just to give it a bit. of thread. Okay.
1: Huh. I was interested in that until it said "destined," and then mm-hmm. it became a lot more generic. And
0: then another drama, also German, is called Luden, a six-part series on the pimps who controlled the red light district in Hamburg at the end of the 1970s. So this is, this is German, the deuce. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah, we, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, it so centers on the rise uh, the of sunny boy Klaus Barkowski, who is... Ma- Barkowski does not sound jerk. Klaus does. Barkowski, Barkowski sounds, sounds... something Polish, rich. Yeah. presumably. Uh, ...who is made into a pimp by the tough prostitute... Uh, but a prostitute turns him into a pimp? that's that's int- that's actually quite interesting to be honest uh there's a bit of a reversal there yeah yeah so anyway that's basically it anyway so uh yeah uh, i've got a stream with tim coming up in like five minutes which is why i'm rushing through this a little bit uh we'll see more to do so uh, speed 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 well, uh, well let's go then amazon orders tv adaptation of jenny han's young adult novel the series summer the summer i turn prey you watch young adult i'm just moving on young adult that's i see fair. i see the ya we're moving on uh <laughs> And Renée Zellweger is set to headline an NBC show, uh, although it's a miniseries, six episodes So it's NBC kind of doing a prestige miniseries with a big actor, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The Thing About Pam. Well, she fell in love with Jim. They got married in season seven, the end. What, 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 we haven't what? got time for your stupid jokes. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, based on a true crime phenomenon, the real life uh, stranger than fiction story behind the 2011 murder of Betsy Faria uh, that was featured on the Dateline NBC. The Thing About Pam is a collaboration of Blumhouse TV. Blumhouse, that's an interesting uh, thing you put on there. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, written by Jessica uh, Borziski who will serve as showrunner. The Thing About Pam is based on the murder of Betsy Faria, uh, which resulted in her husband Russ' conviction. Uh, he always insisted that he did not kill her, and his conviction was later overturned, as the brutal crime set off a chain of events that would expose the diabolical scheme deeply involving Pam Hupp, uh, a role that will be played by Zellweger. So, I don't know anything about this real story, but it sounds like... If if, if it was overturned, presumably she was into a lot of weird shit that the husband didn't know about, which got her dead, and he was blamed for it, as the typical, you know, husband-murdered-the-wife assumption. Quite possibly, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Which happens enough that I get why, you know the thought was had but still sure
1: yeah I mean it, it, as soon as this described you know it's it's true crime I kind of checked that a little bit because uh, as a genre that's kind of pretty down on my my list of favourites to, to participate in yes I'm just messaging Tim who's messaged me already just oh, wrapping yeah. up right you'd wrap up quicker if you just ignored him for two minutes
0: no fail story Fox we're on a network show uh, Red Widow it has nothing to do with Black Widow as far as I know. But we'll find out. It's a CIA drama. Uh, So, one hour CIA thriller based on Alma Katsu's forthcoming book, uh, which Sarah Condon uh, is producing. Uh, in Red Widow, the lives of two female CIA agents becomes inter- intertwined around an internal threat to the agency's Russian division as they navigate the mostly male world of intelligence. Oh my God, this sounds so boring. All these words are so boring. You are just... <laughs> Just hitting me with buzzwords. <laughs> Intertwined, internal threat, agency, intelligence. There's just so many words that just make us sound so bland. The novel captures the kind of thorny, manipulative, behind the scenes machinations that take place inside intelligence headquarters <laughs> that only a true insider would
1: know. So it's a this, spy show. Could this sound any more dull? Is it well, possible? Like, that, that didn't sound particularly dull. It just sounded a really pretentious way of saying, yeah, it's a spy show. Yes. Yes. Which is uh, fine, it might be fun. It might be fun. Spy shows can be good. Now the but... author,
0: the author of the book for the record, which is maybe the interesting part here potentially, is a former NSA and CIA senior intelligence analyst. So she has okay, so some it's got knowledge.
1: some authenticity yeah. coming to it.
0: So it may actually be r- relatively realistic to start with. I assume Fox will want it to be more exciting as it goes and they'll maybe fluff it, it up a bit. But Oh well, yeah. There you go. That fox it up. But there you go. We have to wrap up because Tim's waiting for me. I've got a stream to do. This is a two-hour news episode because there was so much goddamn stuff. Um, but yes, thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> Let us know what you thought about uh, these stories and the thing. Uh, look out for my soul reviews of One Division that are still going up. Uh, you can also find me and Car still working through The, the Queen's Gambit. Episode 4 of that uh, will either already be up or just about to go up depending on what goes up first between this and that. Uh, and also, uh, The expansion just finished. We had a big season finale that last week so that was cool. Um... And if you're a $10 or more patron, make sure you go and vote in the pilot program vote, which ends on the 10th. Uh, the deadline for that vote is the 10th. Uh, there'll three pilots, you get a first and second choice, uh, and that'll dictate a pilot will try. And Queen's Gambit was one such pilot, which we liked enough that we kept doing, so that could happen again, potentially. It may, 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 may happen, might may not. You know, We'll see. Uh, but uh, that is pretty much us. Please do like and subscribe. We mentioned Patreon earlier, patreon.com slash And of course, catch us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. So thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?